For the next episode of Ranked, we are going to be discussing for the first time in 2024, we will be ranking for the last time a franchise that is unfortunately ending with the most recent film Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, but we will be revisiting the DC once we have James Gunn at the helm in a couple of years. But until then, we are going to be wrapping up a franchise that has had some ups and some many downs, the DCEU over the last 10 or so years. And to help break down all things DCEU, we have two returning guests, Jack and Michael. How are you guys doing today? Woo! I'm great. Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing pretty well. You guys are still feeling great now that we're sitting here for two or three hours discussing DCEU. You guys are still in such a good mood. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 actually do it. Fuck yeah, we're gonna actually do it. That's right. Uh, before we jump into the actual ranking, I do kind of like to get to feel for everyone's experience with this franchise. What what was the first film you watched from this franchise, and how do you guys feel towards the DCU even now, ten years later? So, I mean. I'm basically just like everybody else. The first one was obviously Man of Steel. And from there, like, I remember seeing, like, the trailer the trailer for it, like, the first time. And um, seeing just, like, how, like, believable and, like, grounded it looks, um, it looked like. And on top of that, it was, like, produced by Christopher Nolan. So it was just like, oh, man, like, I'm, I'm excited for this. And then you just watch the movie and you're just kind of like, hmm, I don't know. I mean... I kind of like uh, Zack Snyder's trying to do here, but let's see how this plays out in the grand scheme of things. But after just, uh, was it like 16 like DCEU movies, you find out that like all of these movies have like very different tones and just like a lot of craziness and just stuff that just doesn't make sense and doesn't like connect uh, fully with the uh, entire universe. And by the end of it, it's just like, it's nothing at this point. Or, yeah, no. obviously. Yeah, um, I'm like Jack. My first film was uh, uh, Man of Steel by Zack Snyder. I was excited because it was a Superman movie that I could grow up with. I was 13 at the time, and most of my movie knowledge was borrowing opinions from Jeremy Johns and Chris Steckman, heavy on the Jeremy Johns. So I really loved, I really loved Man of Steel. It was one of my favorites of... Uh, 2013, granted, I only saw like 10 or 14 2013 movies because it couldn't drive to the movie theaters or see many movies outside of my, my mom or dad wanted to see or maybe both of them wanted to see. But I had a great time. I had no knowledge of film. I had a great time with Man of Steel and then I was super excited with what the next chapter was going to be and that it turned out to be that movie Superman, and then I was really, like, let down, and then I was very wary of the DCU from then on, and it was, like, a bunch of ups and then a bunch of downs, and it was just kind of a sad, sad ending to what could have been. Yeah, I have a similar experience where, obviously, Man of Steel was the first film I watched. However, it was not the first film I fully watched, because I 
thought it'd be fun in 2013 to get a bunch of buddies. There was about eight of us. I want to say eight of us that watched four movies on the same day in the movie theaters. So we just showed up in the morning and we just stayed in the theaters for 12 hours and we watched This Is The End was the first movie, then World War Z, then Monsters University, and then we ended with Man of Steel. So halfway through Man of Steel, I fell asleep because I was exhausted. (laughs) And that was the only time I saw Man of Steel until a week and a half ago. I watched it fully for the first time. So I, uh, (laughs) yeah, that was my experience with Man of Steel. In my head, I was like, oh yeah, I saw it. You know, I watched half of it. I I, I got it, but I nope. clearly, yeah, I clearly did not remember it because I was watching. It, I was going, oh, this is what Man of Steel is. I, I forgot all about this. So yeah, that was my experience with Man of Steel. Technically, the first one I watched, but not really. So yeah, I, we were all Man of Steel uh, beginners in 2013. You know, we we all watched that together. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally, we were in the same theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you were two of my eight friends, right? You you guys were there. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember you falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You woke me up halfway through. I appreciate that, Michael. Right. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, actually, wait. Unironically, it was someone named Michael that woke me up during Man of Steel. Oh, no way. Yeah, I just realized that. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to my buddy Michael. I'm sure he's out there listening yeah. to this, but I appreciate you waking me up during it. So, anyways, uh, yes, we are here to discuss 15 of the DCEU movies. We are not going to be talking about Blue Beetle because they. I've announced it's technically not part of the DCEU. We didn't really know where we should put it, but we did want to at least acknowledge it before we started the list. Probably would end up somewhere in the middle. I imagine that's where you two would have it, but yeah, you know, it's not yeah. technically part of the list. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. It is a good movie, though. You know, I uh, mm-hmm. I was a fan of Blue Beetle, but... I, I liked it, too. Yeah. I had a good time. All right, so is there anything else you guys wanted to get out of the way before we jump into our least favorite film from the DCEU? Nope. In my list, I did actually put Blue Beetle. Where would you put it on your list? I'll tell you where I would have put it. Okay, so I would put it at number 10. Okay. Yeah. Out of 16, I would have put it at probably 7. Oh, at 7, wow. That's pretty good. You, You really liked it. Yeah, if I was to place it, I would have it... Oh, actually, I don't know why I was saying, oh, you would really like it. Uh, I would have it at 8, so that was pretty close to where Michael would have it. Right in between you guys. Yeah. So probably that'd be like 9 or 8? Yeah, probably, it probably would have fell out around 8. Okay. So that's pretty good. Alright, so to get to the actual list here, 15 of the DCU movies we have on the list, and starting at number 15, the worst film, according to the three of us, and probably most people. I don't think this is a hot take right off the bat. We have Suicide Squad. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. Let's go. So, 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 Michael's the outlier. Me and Jack both have this at number 15, and Michael has this at 11. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to sound bad. I'm probably going to be like, oh, I, I didn't like it that much. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just had a good time with it. It's dumb, and I had I, when I was in the theater, I had a lot of fun, and then I rewatched. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> it was kind of boring when I rewatched it, not in the theater, but I, I still have like good memories. I have the same opposite, well, not same, but opposite <laughs> um, attraction to this movie. Like, I don't know how to explain it because, like, I was like really deep into the marketing of this film. 
mainly because like that trailer, the first one with the uh, was it the Queen song playing in the yeah. background, like it felt like really like cinematic and like cool. Well, oh no, the first, once you... uh, the first one was the teaser where it was like really oh. dark and and. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, yeah, Gross. I think it was the, the full yeah. the full trailer was the one with uh, the Queen song. Um, awesome trailer, that's such a good yeah, trailer. really great trailer. Like it's one of the best like trailers that I've seen. Um, as for the movie, like once you realize that um, behind the production that uh, the trailer, the people who uh, edited the trailer uh, edited the movie. Once you like find out that they actually did that, then yeah, like the, the whole movie does feel like a whole like movie trailer but like in a bad way and like on top of that it's just very like i don't know how to explain it because david Ayer, like he he really likes to like continue to use um elements of uh training day like his movie training day and just like watch this movie it's just it's basically training day but like with superheroes and you're just like yeah it's just like i've seen this before and like like, on top of that it's it's a lot of um was it there's a lot of like stereotypes played into like the 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 movie also with like uh Killer Croc uh being the, like this like crocodile who just wants to like get out of his cell and like watch BET or some shit like stuff like that just really kind of like made this movie uh like a mess and then just like in general like you don't really like get like the whole experience of like these uh group of like misfits it's just very chaotic and like you don't have a time to breathe except like in like one scene where they're just like at the bar like just talking but like that's the only like great scene in the entire movie yeah um aside from that it's just it's just boring that's completely fair well when i watched in the theater i think i was i was only watching like 10 movies a year so probably this was like something like this where it was like Will Smith quipping, and then uh, Margot Robbie's uh, pitch-perfect portrayal of Harley, just all of them bouncing off each other. And I got to see Killer Croc on the screen for the first time. I'm a huge fan of Killer Croc, and got to see him on the screen for the first time, and see all these characters, like, do that. And there was this really great scene with Will Smith where he's using basically literally all his weapons. I was basically so, like, enwrapped with that. And then... Yeah, no, when you rewatch it at home, it's kind of, like, boring and, like, slow. Like, not slow. It's, like, the pacing's very uneven. The inaction, the action scenes are kind of choppy. And then you you said it was, like, a movie trailer movie, the way it's edited. Like, that's mm-hmm. terrible. Like, you're realizing, like, it's good for a movie trailer, but have something that colorful and, like, it's really distracting and it its tone is weird the cgi is not great i will say one thing about the movie the makeup's amazing it won an oscar for it but the makeup's incredible back to when i first saw it i'm just probably clinging into that i like the characters a lot i thought even though a lot of their character decisions don't make sense i wasn't thinking about that i was looking to have a good time and i felt like i accomplished that but first time first watch then when Mark Jared Leto's Joker came on, it was like not good and the stuff. I feel like it's also a mixed bag and confused and tries to do way too much and doesn't execute it that well. But yeah, when I was telling you guys my story about how Man of Steel was the first film that I saw from the DCU in theaters, 
this is the first one that I saw fully. <laughs> I, oh. I, I, I didn't fall asleep during this one, so this was the first one that I saw <laughs> in its entirety. And this is the last one that I saw in theaters in its entirety. I actually have not seen a single DCU movie in theaters since this movie. It ruined me. I watched it, and I remember specifically oh, wow. walking out of the theaters and going, I will never watch a DCU movie for the rest of my life. That was absolutely horrible. Like, I just remembered hating it so much. <laughs> And of course, now I'm into podcasting, so of course I'm now I've now seen them all, and I've I've watched a couple of them right. a few times uh, at home. I've never seen them in theaters, but if I wasn't doing podcasting, I don't know if I ever would have seen any of these after that. Like I I was so upset, I was so angry because the trailer looked great. It was the reason why I watched it. Uh, I watched it with my buddies, and to see how annoyed they were made me even more annoyed because I was like, man, like you know, it, it ruined our vibe for the rest of the night. That's like the worst thing a movie could do, you know? You want everyone to feel fucking pumped after they watch a movie. They're like, hell yeah, Suicide Squad, let's all have some fucking drinks after. And we all walked out of that, and we were like, holy shit, this th- this was not good. This was this was tough. So I uh, I didn't like it. Uh, like you guys have both said uh, a bunch of times already, it just feels like a giant trailer. And this style works well for a trailer with the music and the quick edits and the snarky comments and like the weird pauses and the bouncing around all of that works really well for a trailer when you're trying to like hype people up for two minutes but you can't keep that momentum for over two hours especially when like the second half is just like absolutely dreadful like i thought the beginning was bad and then it just keeps getting worse it's not like it kind of elevates later on it gets like even worse than you thought it would go like the last half is just all grays and browns with like weird plant zombie head things and like the evil woman and her boyfriend or her husband or whatever and then they have to get stopped by the fire guy but killer croc can go in the sewer it was just it's an absolute mess it's like they literally it feels like they just took a bunch of darts each one has one of the names of the superheroes and they just chucked it at the wall and you know the the little guy that could swing on walls or whatever his fucking name was the guy yeah he didn't stick on the wall the rest of them did uh, slipknot or whatever yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's uh i i don't like this movie i would actually go as far to say this movie would be in my bottom 20 of all time like i don't think there's oh. anything i there's Ooh. nothing about this movie i like it's this low for me i i hate this movie with a passion uh, so you don't like uh margot robbie's uh harley quinn or will smith's deadshot well will smith deadshot is just pretty much will smith being yeah it. it's just will smith being will smith he probably would be the best part of the movie. We'll get into the Harley Quinn, uh, you know, Margot Robbie thing. Maybe for another movie. We don't need to talk about it for this one. But I'm not a fan of that at all. Uh, yeah, Will Smith's um, good. You know, he's I, fine. What about uh, uh Jai Courtney as? Captain yeah, I was about Courtney. to say Jai Courtney. That's his best role. I've seen him very little, but that's his best role. He's like because he's using his natural accent and he's very charismatic and kind of like not weird, but like. Like kind of like a just a little little dude, little weird dude, you know. But right. who are you talking about? Which guy? Oh, uh, oh yeah, no, I don't like him. I, I find him really his character is <laughs> annoying. I like him in the Suicide Squad, if that means anything. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. He's only there for like a little bit, though. That's perfect for me. I really annoying characters if they're only in it for like two minutes they're hilarious but when they're the one of the main characters it, it becomes very annoying for me so i liked him a lot in uh the suicide squad but this one well, he's also bouncing okay. off davidson so that's true yeah yeah like the beginning of that yeah we'll get to that later but yeah like that's great we'll get to it later. yeah but this I one mean, i don't know before we continue what do you think about the the villain in this uh enchantress 
Yeah, she you was mean, horrible, yeah. You mean Belly Dancing Witch? Uh, so bad. Yeah, Belly Dancing Witch. <laughs> or Carrie? the... Tana. Katana, the, 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 the woman who has swords that can, I don't know, kill people. Uh, uh, this is Katana! She's got my back! She has a sword that contains the th- souls of her enemies! Don't want to get Don't caught in that. <laughs> and honestly, I uh, when, yeah. when he was explaining that to me, I was like, wait, hold on. Maybe, like, let's get more into detail on this. Why do I not want to get caught in that sword? If I'm going to die, I'd rather at least like be in, stuck in a sword so I can like, communicate to someone. You know, like at least I'm not like dead. Yeah. Explain to me why that's so bad. That sounds pretty decent, you know? Sounds like a good way to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Katana's cool, but then she barely gets used. Isn't there Karen Fukuhara as well? Doesn't she yeah. play? Oh, so that's that's one of the cardinal sins. Just like one of the cardinal sins that Bullet Train mis- uses. You don't use Karen Fukuhara. Like, come on, you have Karen Fukuhara. But anyway. Yeah, that's that's kind of messed up. Like a lot of like these actors, like they're they're like fully wasted. Especially, uh, was it Joel Kinnaman? Like, yes, he was wasted. But he gets a like a nice arc in the the other Suicide Squad movie. Which we'll he's good in that, yeah. He's good in that. I don't have anything else to add because I did see this. Um, was it before the Suicide Squad? And I remember like watching it. And, and I watched the direct. Well, the, not the director's cut, but like the studio mandated director's cut because you got to say that like David Ayer has been like wilding out on Twitter, going like. Hey, I have like my own like cut of this. Like, I really want to like do it. I want to like make it. Can can somebody help me? Like, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, but now he just like gave up. Um, I think earlier this week he was just like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I good. can't do this anymore. Yeah, which good. It's it's over. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it a chance if it ever happens. Like, I'm not gonna go see the theaters, or I'm not gonna go. Hell no. I'll I'll see it if it's streaming. I'm not gonna yeah. rent it. I'll so hate if watch they it. Just add it on, on. If they add it on Max, then I'll I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, it, I it, if it's dark and if it's darker than that, like this one was dark color wise, but it was just like trying to be a dark MCU movie, which is not that dark, except for like well, maybe Endgame or Infinity War or Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just being like Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm done about Suicide Squad. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, well, we can move on to number fourteen then, uh, which is the film that Michael has at last. So you know, we we went through me and Jack, but now we're moving on to Michael's here. We have the original Justice League. So Justice League. Uh, yeah, 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 Justice yeah. League. Yeah. So we have Michael putting it at fifteen. I have it at fourteen, and Jack has it at eleven. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can kind of defend uh, the theatrical Joss version of uh, Justice League. I think it's probably because, like, it's the most, uh, was it, like, marvel or yes. whatever, like, most, I think, accessible one that you can kind of watch and just turn it into background and just, like, watch it and be like, oh, I know all these, like, point plot points, but, like, I'm still having fun with it. But at the same time, as if you pay attention, it's very like scattered shot, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, and it just goes over a lot of like lore that was like set up before uh, with the, the Zack Snyder cut. Um, 
that we get, we'll get like into a little, a little bit later. But like you can, you can tell that like a lot of it is very like generic and just like a lot of shortcuts are like to be made with that. And I don't blame Joss uh, Whedon for uh, trying to like make this movie like work because of the whole uh, Zack Snyder uh, thing and the tragedy uh, he he went through with his uh, daughter. Um, but as for the movie, it's it's fine. Like I I forgot about it. I don't vividly remember like watching it in theaters. But like when I did see it, it was just fine. It wasn't like a disaster or anything like that. But it deserved better. And I think if the whole universe um, had like a better like ground in terms of um, setting up the entire like universe, it it would have been like way better. But of course. As you continue to see, like, a lot of these movies, um, it's just a lot of just stuff that need- needed to be, like, expressed and, like, expanded on before making Justice But, of course, Warner Brothers was, like, cocky enough to just make Justice League without establishing all the characters. Right. The movie's main problem is that it's generic and choppy, chopped up with bits. Uh, I feel like Joss Whedon's humor is very outdated by it got to 2017 it felt like dc tried to do avengers and just it doesn't work um there's a lot of jokes i said that don't work and just feel outdated and like immature and there's a lot of awkward moments that don't happen i like out of character moments um it's kind. It's very boring. It's just boring. I remember when, and when I was yep. like, I loved. All I watched was superhero movies, and I was bored. I'm like, this feels like a Marvel movie that isn't as good. And that's its main problem. It feels like a Marvel movie that isn't as good. I can't even remember the good thing I remembered about it. I thought I thought I liked the humor uh, sometimes, but it just felt like a Marvel trying to be a Marvel movie. There was nothing I don't remember liking much about it other than I was like, it was okay. Forgettable. I don't even remember some of the terrible stuff that happened in it when I was, people were like shredding it to bits online. I for, completely forgot about the mustache, the thing where they CGI'd Henry Cavill's mustache. That was awful. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, <laughs> it felt like, even though you said it was the most vibrant, it felt like they just turned the saturation up. On a lot of things, and it was gross. It's gross to look at. It's gross to look at. But the only thing I I I will say positively is there's some nice little character moments between all of them. But a lot of the good stuff that is in this movie is in Zack. Pretty much uh, all the good stuff that is in this is in Zack Snyder's Justice League or improved upon in Zack Snyder's. This is just generic boring superhero i'm gonna probably use this is the only slot superhero slot that's it that's the thing it's just generic and that's as big as yeah michael hit the nail on the head on it for me to me this is arguably the most boring movie i've ever seen in my entire life it's Oof. it's it's boring <laughs> it is like and that's the one thing you don't want for a superhero movie you know like dramas you know, if it's a boring drama, it could still have a good story, you know? You know, a boring romance film, I guess. Like, whatever. Like, you know, some films, it's not detrimental, but when you're a superhero movie, and the entire point of a superhero movie is you're supposed to get people pumped, uh, and similar to Suicide Squad, 
absolutely bored out of my mind. It is, like Michael said, probably the most generic superhero film ever made. Like when you look at this movie, this is like an example that you know the anti superhero movie people, like the you know the people that are big Scorsese fans or whatever on Twitter, when they po- like this is the example they would point to and go, look at how generic slop they give you guys and you guys just eat this shit up like look how generic this shit is like this is the movie that they would point to because it's like the perfect example of just everything wrong with superhero movies it's just it's the accumulation of everything you don't want for a superhero film you want exciting characters exciting action sequences vibrant set pieces and this is just in gray new york or wherever fucking city they're at it's just gross it's nothing exciting all the characters kind of thrown in because like Michael said, there's no establishment with these people except for maybe Superman, I guess, because he had Man of Steel. But the rest of these people, they're kind of just throwing them in, you know? Like, we don't know anything about these guys until later. But we get Wonder Woman and Aquaman and The Flash, I guess, if you want to get an establishment of that horrible character. But from what we got, it's not much with the Justice League. We're kind of thrown in to a superhero collaboration like The Avengers. It's supposed to be just as grand and exciting as that. And it just feels like nothing. Like, it's just not exciting at all. I uh, I watched this for the first time last year, so I guess I watched this way later after everybody. You're sorry, when did Zack Snyder's Justice League come out? Was that two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Okay, I watched this the day before Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, so I guess it was two years ago. So I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I watched it the day before, uh, and then I obviously watched that the day it came out. So it was like night and day watching them two nights in a row for the first time. Yeah, Zach, uh, yeah, yeah, this one's just far inferior. I was not a fan of Justice League. I'm with you, Michael. But, you know, if anybody took something away from it, that's great. But to me, no offense, this is arguably the most boring thing I've ever seen. But, you know, that, that, that's just horrible. That is a, a, a fair thing to call. It's probably one of the most average, generic movies you're going to ever see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, um, I was going to ask, I was going to ask something real quick. Um, so, Q, like, what do you think is the most boring movie? Justice League or Paint Drying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, it's neck to neck, honestly. I, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'd rather watch Paint Dry at this point. Because it, it'd be quicker, right? You know, it doesn't take two hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably just well, watch Paint Dry. Okay, that's a good answer. You'd probably see some actual changes in the story to yeah. what you're expecting. Yeah. And there's other movies on this list that I have like bigger problems with, but Justice League's just so boring that I just had to put it below them. Like at least you could take something yeah. away from different movies. This one I couldn't take anything. I only put it up yeah. as I only put it up on Suicide Squad because I like I really hate that film. Uh, this one's yeah. just utterly boring. So you know it's not horrible. Like the you know it's just bland, right? And that's kind of the worst thing that could happen to a superhero film. So that's why it's low for me. But uh, I, I you know I respect. Uh, Jack, for uh, at least bumping it up to 11, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the only person who slightly defends this movie. But at the same time, I think Joss Whedon, he, he really tried to like make everything together after yeah. uh, the production uh, stopped for a bit. But yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. Um, it, sh- it shows, for sure. Yeah. So we can move on to number 13 here. And we are still staying in the classic era, I guess you could call, for the DCEU. We have the second film that was released, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, And uh, this one, I don't know how this worked out, but apparently I am the sole defender, because I have this at 10, while both of you have it at 14. 
I will say I would have had this higher if we had the extended edition. I feel like the extended edition fixes all a lot or most of the movie's problems. There's still like issue with who Batman is in this movie. Um, but I feel like it fixes a lot of the problems. This without that, without the extended, since we're not counting that, um, we got the studio version, which I'm not too hot on. <laughs> yeah, I will say, watching the the theatrical version in theaters, that was probably like the most like suffering like experience that I've, I've had in like in a theater. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like I was like really excited for that movie when it came, uh, was coming out yeah. mainly because obviously it's batman versus superman like right that's like the pinnacle of like superhero like legacy and i could have like just saw it like from a mile away like the idea of like establishing batman and superman already in a second movie without you know expanding the world but i was just like naive about it but then you just start watching the like the theatrical cut and it starts off promising um with establishing like Superman being like a threat around the world um and he's like really like into like the geopol uh, politics and uh the UN and all that. I think that's like the most interesting like part of like the movie. But then once uh was it Batman gets established as like this homicidal like superhero who doesn't have any like morals and he he kind of kills, uh, was it like his enemies or like the the footmen around him, uh, and then once it starts to like go into like the whole idea of like Batman like hating Superman, um, that's where the movie starts to fall apart, and you everybody knows the, like the reason why like they both start to like fight each other and like the whole like big scene where they just start to reveal themselves and. They're like, oh shit, we have the same like mother name or like the same like parent name. Hell yeah. Martha or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You're Martha. Once that Martha. Yeah, so once that happens, the whole movie just completely falls apart. And you just see just like this entire movie like fall on its face like flat. And when I saw that in theaters, I was just like, man, like how did you just like mess this movie up in like a matter of like 120 minutes and it's already like the second movie in this universe like how the fuck did you do that like that's crazy i don't know like the d director's cut or what are the studio director's cut of the movie it's it's good but like michael said there's a lot of like problems with it still narratively speaking um but in general i think this movie should have been like far out past like the, the universe after we established um, all of the the Justice League characters, uh, but obviously, like I mentioned before, it's Warner Brothers being cocky and they wanted just to cash on the Avengers. So yeah, right, right. That is the same issue that Justice League had, which this one it just has too many eggs in its basket. And it tries to do it. Like, it tries to set up Justice League. And then it tries to do The Dark Knight Returns. And then it tries to do The Death of Superman. And then it tries to set up Wonder Woman. And the other Justice League movies. And uh, the other DCU movies. And it just doesn't really work. And then you have 
Batman abandoning his moral code because he's so broken and pat that's not even really set up in this movie. It's just kind of barely glossed over a little bit. You, it's not shined a light or expanded upon that much. It's just like, oh, Batman's killing now? What? What do you what? Like, it's not like, like just an accident or like him doing it once or twice, but maybe in the Burton movies or people make excuses for the previous movies because it was cooler. They, the movie was better, but it was just like this one. He like actually goes out of his way to murder people. And I feel like it kind of makes sense in the extended cut. I will defend the extended cut, but this one, it's just like, what are we doing? And then there's all these things that are just kind of missing and it doesn't really work. And then it just it's yeah the it just puts too much in it too much and it's uh, a basket. I feel like it, it falls out of place. But I will say, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was a silver lining. She was very cool in this movie. Granted, she had yeah. screen time. She was very cool in this movie. Yeah, I'll I'll give it that. And I think even though it shouldn't have been in the movie, but like the the crazy like introductions of like the other Justice League characters and. It's pretty funny, especially the Flash. He was just like chilling, just like chilling, and then it just for stopping a bank robbery. Or yeah, like yeah. A, was a grocery robbery. A gas yeah. station at a gas station for sure. Yeah. Um, I also thought uh the uh, what is it the warehouse fight was awesome. That is the most Batman fight we're gonna ever get. I think it's the best right. directed, best directed, best choreographed Batman fight we're ever gonna get. Um, it's so cool. Such a great. Granted, granted, he murders. He pretty much murders some people. But uh, it's a very, very cool fight. Ben Affleck was great. It's great choice for Batman as well. Yeah, you guys pretty much said everything. I really don't got much to say about this movie. I uh, I have it higher on my list, uh, but I think our feelings are about the same. I uh, I think this movie's really bad. I don't really like anything about the film. I think I only have it this high because I think there's some unique choices uh through cinematography at least, that the rest of the movies below this just don't have. Like, at least it visually has some really cool-looking moments that you don't get much with superhero films, so I appreciate how it looked at times. Uh, There's some really cool shots in the film, which obviously uh, Zack Snyder is great with doing. Uh, And so, of the three Zack Snyder films, this is still the lowest, because I think just it's flawed in every aspect, sides from the cinematography. I think the story is really bland. I think them throwing in the setup of the Justice League with like the little USB stick is beyond cringy. Like it's just really, really bad. I know they spent two hours trying to convince me why Batman and Superman got beef. And I was sitting there and I and I just didn't get it. I, I watched it for like they spent like an hour and a half explaining to me why they have like this rivalry. And I it just doesn't make sense to me. Like why the fuck does Superman care so much that Batman is like you know, a vigilante in a little fucking town in the middle of butt fucking nowhere. Like, wh- why does Superman care? Like, you're fucking Superman. Like, calm down. If some dude wants to fight people, like, let him fight people. And then Batman's got an issue with Superman because he's got, like, a superiority complex. Like, calm down, guy. He's a god. It's okay. Like, relax, bro. Like, it's just two alpha guys that are, like, really insecure about the fact that there's, like, another alpha in the United States of America. It's not like they're, like, fucking sitting together in class. Like, why do they care so much? It's it's crazy. It, right. it still doesn't make sense to me. This rivalry feels like it's, like, built up on a stack of cards, and all Jesse Eisenberg had to do was blow on it, and of course it crumbled, because it makes no sense. Like, 
it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, like, I, you know, the entire story is built on bullshit. So, it's just, to me, the story is really, really bad. Maybe the extended cut will help build that. But if it takes you more than an hour and a half to convince me why they don't like each other, maybe they just don't need to not like each other. You know, like, maybe we could work on this later in the franchise. Like, uh, you guys both said, right. throwing this in for uh, Batman's first outing. Uh, it's just a really weird choice. Um, Speaking of Jesse Eisenberg, what a weird casting for Lex Luthor. Like, I think Jesse Eisenberg could pull it off if he was written like how uh, Mark Zuckerberg was in Social Network. Like, Lex Luthor's ruthless, and uh, Jesse Eisenberg was pretty cold and ruthless in uh, in Social Network, oh, but yeah. he just didn't have the writing to back it up, and he wasn't directed like that. He was directed like, yeah. I don't know, the Riddler, which is... Right. I was going to mention that, because... The casting alone, like, if you take it back, scale it back, and it's it's a cool, like, casting uh, choice. But then once you watch the movie, it, the way he's directed is, is and written is, is it's awful, and it's very, like, I don't know. if it, Yeah, right, it feels like uh, the Riddler. Uh, he, he should have been, like, the Riddler or something like that. And that would have been interesting, you know? Like, the Riddlers kind of pitting them against each other, even though, it, I don't know why. It'd be interesting, <laughs> though. <laughs> I mean... It would have been better if, like, they just started making out, but... Oh, right, right. That's just, yeah, that's just my, uh, my version of it. To answer your yeah. question, why Batman and Superman, I think this is explained. I, they try to explain it, they explain it poorly in the studio cut, and they kind of answer it better in the, in the uh, extended cut. The reason why they hate each other is, I think Batman is, is like, afraid of what Superman can become because of Zod and what happened in uh, in Metropolis. Besides, the op- other than the uh, opening with Superman, the one where Bruce Wayne is trying to save as many as he can and getting really furious at Superman for all the damage he's caused, and I like that they address all the damage that is caused in Man of Steel, and then his fear of Superman becoming like Zod is, is justified and is reasonable, but they go about explaining it in not the best way and then superman's like trying to be this golden boy trying to be like the best in the world but then that kind of conflicts and doesn't really work when he's like this kind of like emotional not emotional like what is it broody kind of depressed person when when he's supposed to be like this positive outlook i mean that's kind of human but again the execution isn't there yeah like I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he's scared of what Superman could become. But at the same time, I'm scared of spiders. I'm not going to make that my entire fucking personality, you know? Like, <laughs> like, like you know, th- this fucking version of Batman, like, he's, like, obsessed with Superman. It's, like, uh, some guy that, like, you know, it's kind of like me with Suicide Squad. I'm obsessed with hating it. You know, it's kind of like Batman with Superman. You know, he just he's so obsessed with, like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. I can't wait to fucking kill him. Like, calm down, my guy. All right, like, let, let's relax, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he just needs to calm down, you know? He's just a sad boy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So... Um, so... Sorry, I'll mention one more thing. I mean, the only thing I remember from this movie is the the scene with, like, the piss jar. That (laughs) scene was... I I don't know how to explain that scene, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted to like mention that because that's like probably the most kind of absurd scene in the entire movie. 
if we're being honest. Yeah, well, that's why I bumped it up yeah, to 10. Yeah, before a bomb goes off. Yeah, like a bomb goes off and kills, what's his name? The guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Scoop McNary. Uh, He's yeah. a great actor. Love Scoop McNary. He was, he was really good in that movie, though. All right, so coming in at number 12, we are going from one of the first films made of the franchise to the very last. We have Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Once again, Michael and Jack are just holding hands, uh, jogging down the yellow brick road. They both have this at 13. I have this at 8, so uh, I'm a little bit higher on this one. But um... Whoa, that's surprising. Yeah, but I'm that's, guessing that's because that... a lot of these movies are not good. That's what I'm going to guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't like this movie, but yeah, you know, I like it more than others. Um, so yeah, I saw this a couple of weeks ago, like opening day, uh, on a Thursday afternoon in IMAX after work, and I do not remember most of the stuff that happened in this movie. Most of it was just probably because like the whole theater was like half em- empty, um, Rip. which is a sign, like a a dark sign of like yeah, this movie's gonna flop. But also, just like watching it, you're just kind of like watching it, and you're like, "This is basically just the first Aquaman movie, but like, let's just make it like way more worse, and like speed up like the entire plot lines, just throw shit everywhere, just throw like a fucking like, what was it like lobster, giant lobster who just like swings like, like I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's just very like dumb and like has a lot of like." dumb plot lines it's like it's like a baby movie basically yeah yeah it's a movie for babies but like yeah it communicates like a baby movie it feels like a baby movie it is a baby movie like i'm sorry it's like i described it as like a uh saturday it's like a cartoon superhero cartoon in live action but also just like it's a run-of-the-mill like filler episode right yeah exactly like like the first movie, like we'll talk about the first movie later, but like that actually kind of felt like a like a Saturday morning cartoon, but like in a good way, epic, and like there was a lot of like cheesy moments, but like you can understand like w- what James Wan was doing with that movie. But here, he just like phoned it in. He just like mm-hmm. walked into the, like the set. It was just like, yeah, we're making another Aquaman two movie or another Aquaman movie, so let's just uh, throw everything uh, at the wall. I'll also say that like a lot of these characters that are like either reintroduced or um introduced like they don't really have any like full like backstory to like really pull you in uh especially black black manta or black mantis uh he's kind of like regulated and he's like very one note um mm-hmm. compared to like the first movie just like everybody else is kind of just like pulled back a little bit um except uh aquaman and um what's his named uh, patrick wilson or like that's those two are probably like the best like part of the movie um their chemistry is really great and then just the rest everybody's just like phoning it in and like nicole kim and just like just like walk onto the set and it's just like yeah i'm just gonna do like a little monologue here and there and i'm just gonna like dip out because i'm nicole kim and do whatever i want but yeah (laughs) and amber heard um i have nothing i don't know She's just there. She's just there. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, Jack, you said you watched it, like, a couple weeks ago and barely remember anything. I watched it, like, two days ago, and I can remember, like, half of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even watched any any movies in between then. 
So I can remember half of what happened. So that's like <laughs> terrible on its part. Well, uh, the only thing I remember is the aqua baby uh, trying to communicate with uh, the fish in the tank. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah uh, he was just like chilling the whole time. I mean, I'm gonna spoil a joke. One of my favorite jokes that was that came up in the post credit scene was the the cockroach thing, which I found funny. That joke was funny. I think this was unintentionally. The reason I figured out was like a live action cartoon is because one of the sound effects was like literally a, like them getting smacked with a cartoon pipe or something, and I burst out <laughs> yeah. laughing when they yeah. hit the uh, what is it? They hit the like pipes or something on the when they fell down. I'm like, that's like actually out of a cartoon. <laughs> I started no, laughing. Like they did the. They did the. Was it the? I think the woo. Like they did when? that. When? It felt like one of those like Aquaman like cartoons from like the sixties. I think they were trying to like replicate that. Probably. Uh another thing was like the slide that that was in the trailer where Patrick Wilson got like punched back and he slid. I'm like, oh, this is like a live action cartoon. Uh but it yeah, it's just boring and it's a not it's like a boring and dumb and it's not like a fun dumb, which is something like Black Adam, which we'll get into later. I think that's fun dumb. But um uh this one's just boring. And the action scenes are so bland compared to the first one. The first Aquaman had really great action scenes and they were dynamic and we'll get uh, okay, I'll save that for later. But this one's just like save for the final thing the final fight, which is the best part of the movie. It was just like okay. We're here now. I don't I don't care. I I, re- I but I I do like Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa's chemistry. They were fun together, and I like their banter and how they like they when they talk in comparison to the the sea world and the surface world. But like, this is like, what are we doing here? And and then this is how the DCEU ends on like, really? Ugh. Yeah, it's funny because like the last last uh, shot is just Patrick Wilson eating a cockroach. On a burger, and I'm like, oh, yeah, on a burger. I, mean, that's what we laugh. <laughs> I thought, I thought the flash, like final uh, scene in the flash, was going to be like the last shot, but apparently, I was wrong. Nope, nope. I thought that was gonna. I thought the flash was basically the end of the DCU, and then I learned that this is the end of the DCU, and I'm like, really? <laughs> Great. Yeah, I don't know if people compare it enough, but the first Aquaman's very much, at least to me, like the MCU's Thor, and then Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom, is very much DCU's version of Thor Ragnarok, where, like, this movie is very much like, uh, oh, hey, you know, they're brothers, and they hate each other, but what if they didn't? You know, like, oh, uh-oh, you know. Right. Now they're, now, now, well, now they're gonna go on some hijinks, and unfortunately for this film, unlike Thor Ragnarok, uh, you need the fun, and you need the hijinks to make it Fun hijinks, you know. <laughs> this is this is not fun. It, like like uh, like Jack said, is very much just like dangling keys in front of you for two hours, and it's very dumb. It, it might, you put it best, Michael. It's very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they um mention like an MCU or like a Marvel reference in this movie? Because I think they did. They made fun of like Thor or something. I don't. I, I'm, they did I mean, make fun like, of Thor. They made fun yeah. of Thor, and I'm like. Do they just mention Thor? Like yeah. So do do they does like Thor or like the Marvel like comics like exist in like the DCU or like 
are they, they referencing they... the North God? Yeah, somewhere? they're probably just referencing the North yeah. God. That's what I assumed. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was kind of like weird. I was just like, oh, well, I guess they're just making fun of Marvel now. Hell yeah, that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Why make a good movie when you can just shit on better movies? Let's go. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We got him. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I don't love this movie, uh, but like you guys both have kind of touched on, it's kind of just dumb. Uh, and I wouldn't go as far as say dumb fun, but it's just dumb. You know, like I, I don't hate it. Uh, it's just it exists. Uh, I can't say it's boring like Justice League uh, because at least for me, it's just constant jangling of the keys. And so like I just kept staring at it and I just kept going, I can't believe they're making this. But, you know, it, it's a movie that exists. I don't hate it. Uh, it's just not good. You know? <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, I also love Jason Momoa. You know, like, I'm not going to hate on just staring at Jason Momoa for two hours, even though the movie's not good. Uh, you know, at least we got some good eye candy. He's a, he's a good-looking guy. I love that guy. He, uh, he's fun TV, you know? Like, he's good to look at. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. I want to correct myself. I said Suicide Squad was the first and last film I, do- I saw in theaters for the DCEU. For this podcast, I obviously had to watch Aquaman Lost Kingdom in theaters, so I, I I did lie. You know, I just want to correct myself before I have five people message me, well, you had to have seen this in theaters unless you illegally watched it on a camcorder. And I, I did see this in theaters. Maybe that's why I liked it, because it was uh, my wife's first DCU movie in theaters, and she actually walked out, and I wish she was doing this podcast just for this moment right here. She walked out and said, this is probably one of her favorite DCU movies. She thought it was pretty good. She, she actually didn't mind it, so... You know, maybe because she liked it, I didn't mind it as much. Um, but yeah, she uh, she enjoyed it. So maybe that helped me not be so harsh on this movie. And that's why I might have it at eight. Oh, okay, that's, that's, that's fair. Fine. I mean, yeah, I liked Randall Park. He was in it. Yeah, he was fine. Um, that's Randall although, Park. Although he just plays like the side character who just gets thrown around the whole time. And he keeps saying he has a catchphrase? Like, yeah, astounding. That's just his whole thing. Like right. something astounding. Like, astounding. like does he? Like he has this guy random side character has a catchphrase. <laughs> I liked. I also liked Aqua Dad. He was just like chilling, uh, house, like, drinking, drinking beer. He's just like, I got Corona. He wants a Corona. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like they're just like chilling the whole time. Like well, I like that. I, I like Tamara Marson. I also was cheering. I was alone when I saw it in the theater, so it was by myself. So I got to be as loud as I want. And near okay. the end, I thought they were gonna kill the baby. I'm like, oh, I was cheering, yeah. kill the baby, kill the. Exactly. <laughs> no, I wanted them to like kill the baby so they can just like go off the rails. But obviously, know, the baby was so cute; baby. it can't be killed. I-, I was waiting for like the baby to just start like being like Aquaman, just like fight something become like that jack <laughs> in the incredibles you no know, yeah exactly that would have been like really funny and like that would actually like, make the movie like a little bit better for me right I, I don't really have anything else to add it's just like when you're watching the entire movie you're just like yeah this definitely feels like the final movie in the final like universe they're just like throwing everything yeah but it's like also describes the i think the dcu well to a t where it's like this is no, it's not as a mess, but it's just like this makes sense for the final state of the DCU, where it's just like a mess and has highs and lows, even though it doesn't have that many highs or that many low lows. It's just kind of there. It's just like the the middle of just being. This is the end product of a of a mess. 
And coming in at number 11, we have another recent entry into the DCEU. It is going to be Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So, I have this one at 13. Michael has this at 12, and Jack has it at 9. So, all kind oh. of around the same ballpark. Jack's a little higher on it than the other two of us, but what was your guys' thoughts? I liked it more because I think it played deeper into like the, the goofiness of the first movie. And I also just liked the kids um, in it. They had like a lot of like personality and like the way like they would like turn into like the the superheroes. Like it, it was it was it was just like a like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like I would like watch when I was like a kid. And um, I I forgot the the was it the character name, but Jack Dylan uh, uh, Grazer like his his side story was actually like the best part of like the movie. Oh, uh, for sure. From what I, yeah, from what I remember, him hanging out with uh, what's his name, Digimon Hanzu, the wizard, like. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah like their little side story. Like I think that's like the best part of the movie, and like keeps hold of the movie. Um, as for like the rest of the characters, uh, uh was it Zachary Levi as like Shazam? Like he's just I I don't know. Like in this one, he's just he's just annoying, mm-hmm. and I didn't like him here compared to like the the original movie but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the original but yeah. yeah i feel like there's too much of him where in the first one there was a good balance and i wanted more of billy batson i wanted more of the actor the actor who played billy batson does a really good job but he's not in it that much. it was very much like this is shazam's movie when it should have been about billy batson should have been about billy batson and it was just more like Zachary Levi's movie, which I really like Zachary Levi. I don't know if you people really like Zachary Levi. He can get a little annoying as a person, and he was really desperate for people to see this movie, so it didn't flop, so he wouldn't be out of job. It's also generic and, like, run-of-the-mill. I would say it's not generic. It's more like run-of-the-mill. I guess those are synonyms, but, like, kind of run-of-the-mill. It's kind of average. But I had a fine fun time with it like i wasn't like oh this is boring and average i just had a fun it was fun but it was just like also average. the villains were not good uh, i liked uh rachel zegler rachel zegler was really good in it yeah okay yeah she's good <laughs> i like her just like in general sorry yeah, I just like her in general. <laughs> she's 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 pretty good in this she's she's trying hard she's she's trying, trying to make it like yeah, she's trying to make it good. Yeah, I like how I was calling Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I called that a dumb movie. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods, uh, it's not the movie that's dumb, it's me. I'm, I'm a dumb person. And watching this movie, <laughs> I get way too confused uh, which kid is which adult or which adult is which child. Uh, like, the there, there was too many of them. You know, I could follow the first Shazam, the first kid turning into Shazam, you know, I'm a dumb guy, I I can follow that, you know, one guy, I can do that, and at the end of the movie, when they all turn into it, uh, you know, as, like, the climax of the first Shazam movie, that's not a big deal, because it's just, like, a one-action sequence, I can can still follow it, you know, Uh, but in this movie, I was really getting, like, confused the entire time, it was just way too much going on with, like, you know, there's not enough build-up on each child and each adult and, like, how their character works and who they are as a person, they're, like, not developed enough for me to understand who each person is in each scene and like i honestly kept forgetting that one of them is like 
a literal six-year-old or however old like the little child is i i every time she turned back into a kid i was like oh my god i i I forgot you are a six-year-old you are a baby like i i can't comprehend that when they're an adult because i just don't know that character well enough in this movie because they don't really develop it too much and that's kind of the main issue with this movie is there's just like a lot of balls in the air a lot of characters being tossed around and unfortunately, uh, I, I don't like Zachary uh, Levi or Levy or whatever his name is. I, I don't think he's a good actor. And he is the only character I do know who they are during this entire movie. And I wish I didn't because they are insufferable in this movie. In, in the first movie, well, we'll get to it. Uh, there, there is a charm. There is a charm to it. I liked him in the first movie and I rewatched it to see if I still would on uh like about a week and a half ago, I rewatched it, and we'll, we'll get to it then. But in this movie, it's a whole other feel because, unfortunately, Billy Baxton is that who the kid is that he's playing? Yeah, Billy Baxton. Yeah, Billy Baxton is actually playing a character in this movie. Like, like Billy Baxton, the character is actually a living, breathing, developed person, and they're actually just being a normal kid. And then, whenever he would turn into Shazam, Shazam is still acting like a eight-year-old that pooped his pants. Like he is literally acting like a neanderthal and that's not who the billy baxton like the child version of this character is more mature and more normal than the adult version and that's a huge problem like the two of them need to sit down and figure out what their character were together because they were playing different people the adult was being way more childish and honestly just it was incomprehensible how stupid this person was the shazam character was unbelievably dumb and goofy and childish when the child is playing more of a child, which is a normal person, right? Like, they don't act this goofy and stupid unless they're seven, which is who Shazam, I guess, thought Billy Baxton was. Uh, I don't know. This movie was horrendous. I, I I did not like this movie at all. Yeah, no, it's like, another problem, like, that's the main problem as an actor. You should be talking with your fellow actors. Like, I, like if I get the chance, I usually like to sit down with somebody and kind of talk about our relationship. And then... A lot of like really great things happen when you're talking with your your co-stars or co co-actors or scene partners, and you can make some really great things. If you're you're t- actually talking well. I think that could have made this movie better if Zachary actually talked to the actor who plays um, Billy Batson, and the actor who played Billy Batson actually like liked some tweets where he was pretty much upset about the final product and how Zachary Levi kind of stole the spotlight and made it his movie. He was kind mm-hmm. of upset about it. I don't blame him. Though. I didn't know about that, but oh. honestly, I, I that makes total sense. I would be annoyed too. Well, I also have some tea about like the director because I remember like he, he went on um was it the, the subreddit box office on Reddit and it was like tracking to like uh be like a little bomb and like he, he was already like going into the comments going uh kind of like du- not dumbing down but like leaving like the 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 heightened idea of uh, the movie being like uh, a box office failure he was just like yeah it's okay like i i i have another movie like coming out um that i want to like make but um he was a good sport about it the, the director uh david oh. uh, sandberg yeah well, that's good. which which is good compared to um the the fantastic really uh, four director oh just trank yeah wasn't his last yeah. movie uh, Capone? Yeah, it was his last movie was Capone, but it's a whole another story. But like to to keep it short, like Trank like crashed the entire movie when the the movie was about to come out, and then there was just a lot of like uh, stuff that he did up behind the scenes that 
made it uh, worse. But yeah, like it, it was nice to see Sandberg just like try to like alleviate like the the pressure of the movie. Good. Um, and he's he's a nice guy. Like he has a YouTube channel and everything. And he has he's got like, a letterbox about, too. He's a yeah, good he has videos he about like about how to like uh was it like make short films and like the oh. he did a lot of like uh like editing like uh, videos where he would show like the process of like making a, a big budget movie and like how it was done. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it was really it was really nice to like see that like part of side of uh, the movie. Um, but the movie itself, it's 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 fine. It's I I liked it more than like everybody else, but I think that was probably because like I like um some of the actors. Uh, I think like Quentin talked about how he didn't know, and yeah, no, they don't. It really like the movie is really dependent on whether you've seen the first one or how much you remember of the first one, and that's not a good sign. Um, because they're like, okay, they saw the first movie, uh, let's not flesh these characters out anymore, let's just have them on screen and react to things and put them in situations, and then, um, that's the movie, that's good, we're not, we don't have to do much more development, we're just gonna focus on Billy Batson, and mostly, mainly Shazam, we're gonna develop Shazam this time, even though they're the same character, Billy Batson. Alright, so, moving into number 10. We have the first film that was released since COVID, and that is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, I have this movie at 11, Michael has it at 10, and Jack has it at 12. So we're all pretty much right there in the middle. Uh, so we're, we're, this is kind of the first one we're all kind of in agreement here. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984? Well, I really I like thought it was pretty good when I first watched it. Um, this was even when I was like watching more movies than just superhero movies. I had my taste had grown, but I was still like partial to it. I liked a lot of it, and then my only problem was the length, and then um, what they did with Cheetah and Gal Gadot being not the best actress, and like Pedro Pascal kind of being wasted. And then as I like saw people talk about it more and people gave their reasoning, and I'm like. Oh yeah, no, I don't like that thing. No, you're right. I don't like that thing either. So it's kind of grown on me. But I remember just being like, it's fine. Not fine. It's good. I just like I had a good time. I enjoyed it. And this is even when I watched it at home, I just it was just like I think it's just way too its main problem is for me was it's way too long. I could say the same thing, but it was also funny like watching this um I think it was like after Soul. Because like it came out like literally the same day on Christmas Day. And like I watched Soul, and I was just like riveted. It was just like, wow, that was like, like top tier Pixar. Um, <laughs> let me tone it down a bit and like watch uh, Wonder Woman uh, eighty four, and just like, ugh. like, I don't, I I totally understand like people like liking the movie, but like at the same time, I I feel like it's also like a mess, and very disappointing um, compared to the first. Movie. Yes. Um, and yeah. I like Pedro Pascal. Like he's easily oh. like the best part of yes. the entire movie. Oh, and, for sure. Chris, and Chris Pine also. But you yeah. also have to remember that like there's a lot of like weird ass like plot points that are just like I don't know how to explain because like I remember one of the plot points of uh, like Gal Gadot trying to like resurrect uh, Chris Pine, and it's a whole thing where they're trying to like. Um, get back together and they're trying to like remember the things that they used to remember and then meanwhile they're they're also like playing with like this 
I forgot. Like there's this guy who's trying to like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was like kind of not rapey, but it was. It's pretty rapey. I, I can't. I, it was yeah, pretty yeah. rapey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. She's looking at this guy, and she sees Chris Pine, but everyone else sees this normal person, and like he's like been possessed by Chris Pine, essentially. Yeah. So basically, like he didn't really consent. So basically, she just uses his body. I mean. Yeah, like basically, yeah, no. She, the guy, didn't consent. He was basically possessed, and then they, they, you know, they got together and they did things. So it's like, yeah, it was that's not okay. And then that's happening, and then we're also supposed to realize that, like, we're supposed to care that when he dies, that's like him dying again. But even though, I mean, I got emotional there, but it's just like, that's not really Chris Pine or Trevor dying again. It's just somebody like i don't know if the guy actually the guy in the body actually dies i don't know if he dies or not i can't remember the actual guy no because we see him at the very end okay okay i was very concerned like did chris pine just sacrifice himself and kill the guy too no no the guy somehow (laughs) still lives yeah that would have been terrible um yeah honestly there's a lot about this movie i don't like uh it's funny that it did come out the same week as soul uh, because it basically became like the double feature of soul and soulless uh was kind of the uh the running team that they were going for uh exactly. like this movie was just soulless like there was just like nothing fun about this movie and like i really liked the first wonder woman obviously it's uh later on the list but um the one thing i hate about blockbusters in general i guess but very common in superhero movies is they can't commit to deaths right like when someone dies they need to still bring them back because hey everybody loves chris pine like why are we not going to utilize this a-list celebrity in our next movie like people love him and this is why that you can give me any explanation you want the second robert downey jr comes back um i am going to hate that movie like like just like there's no explanation for you to keep bringing back these stars you're cheapening their deaths and the sacrifices they made in the movies and i thought chris's pine sacrifice in the first wonder woman was one of the best moments of the entire dceu which is a few and far in between for me Uh, there's not very many good moments for this franchise but that's one of them and bringing him back in this movie is my least favorite part about this movie not only the way they did it obviously through that guy's body which is very rapey and very questionable and they play it for laughs and it's not funny at all like the way they handle that is disgusting and just bringing him back total was just a horrendous idea and like you said the cheetah storyline's terrible gal Gadot does not work well in this sequel there's very little i like about this movie however i do have it at 11 it's not in like my bottom four like i don't hate hate this movie because as you guys said uh pedro pascal is pretty good you know like he's very fun like you could take something away from this movie at least right like there's moments in this movie that are fun and every single one of those moments is pedro pascal (laughs) yes like zach i think this this quote for me personally describes it like he says it like this could be cool but it could be better and then like he's so good in it like he's chewing the scenery He's being super fun. He's a great villain. Um, he's just, he's, you, you're just, you love him. So you love, I mean, his character, his villain is okay, but I liked his story and his arc that he kind of goes on. Uh, he steals every scene. He's a very enjoyable to watch. I like the part where Wonder Woman goes to Saudi Arabia and tries to like stop like terrorists. <laughs> that was very Israeli of her. Very interesting, yes, yes. Exactly. 
Yeah, like uh, like you said before, like I think Pedro Pascal is like easily like the best part of his movie and like the sauce of the movie. Like he he's he's really having a blast like throughout the whole thing. Um, and I thought, um, what's her name? Um, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. Yeah, as Cheetah. Like I think she was like miscast. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, I mean, it would it would have actually worked if um it was like directed better. Like I can yeah. I can vision it actually. But oh, yeah, she was she was she was not that. I I feel like yeah, if she was directed better or written better, um, Kristen Wiig could have pulled it off for sure. I think Kristen Wiig is that talented of an actress, but it's just like eh, it's just mis miscasting and bad directing and just like a miss opportunity. Freaking Wonder Woman got. Beat by wind? She got beat by wind? <laughs> That's funny. What, yeah. is, what is this? She went toe-to-toe with Superman for like, I don't know, a minute or two. Went, went to also with Doomsday, who's a Superman killer, and she gets beat by wind? What is I that? <laughs> I need you to give me the stone. <laughs> I need you to give me the stone. The stone. You need a stone. That's your kryptonite, I need man. It for the, my, I need it for the IDF. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also really funny to see like, like Rotten Tomatoes score just like drop. Like, oh, right. out. Same thing with the letterbox score. It just dropped. There's like a three point. I think it was like a three point three, and then it dropped to like a two point seven or something like that. What is Brutal. it now? It was like an only yeah. oh two no, because, because I remember it was like in the nineties, like on on uh, was it Rotten Tomatoes? It was like ninety two or something, and that was like opening day, <laughs> and just like an hour, a couple hours later, it just like dropped. Yeah, they gave it a <laughs> yeah, it was certified fresh, right? Yeah, yeah it was certified fresh. Classic. No, I'm like laughing at it because like Twitter was just like making memes out of it. All right, so coming in at number nine, we're hitting the single digits here. We have the longest title of the DCEU, and that is Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So I have this at nine, Jack has this at seven, and Michael has this at five. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) So I raise this a little bit because I think Twitter convinced me that it's better than because uh, when I was watching this I was like I didn't have the best mindset I thought it was like kind of this feminist thing and it still is and there's some problems I still stand with it but it's just really fun I remember having a barring that I even still had a fun time I it was one of my favorite edited movies of that year I love how stylish it is it, like, does the editing of Suicide Squad 2016, or Studio Squad, some people call it, right. Um, like, it does it right. I love the action. Chad Stelhusky, the guy who directed the John Wick, choreographed some of these, and it really shows. Yeah. Um, while Ewan McGregor is kind of, I'm sad what happened to Ewan McGregor's character. He gets killed as Black Mask. He was fun. Margot Robbie's best performance as Harley Quinn. Um, I like 
all the birds prey. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress is great. I'm not a huge fan of Victor Zaz, but he's an interesting character, interesting take. It's just a fun movie. Like, it's really fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I would say the same thing also. Um, I think it's, like, the one of the like, most, uh, I mean, more unique uh, titles in, like, the DCEU. I think it's probably because, like, it actually feels... It was, like, one of the first movies I saw where it actually felt like a, like a, like a comic book storyline, like, in the DC universe. Right. Um, like, it's, it was self-contained, but, like, at the same time, like, there's still a universe out there. And all of that was just, like, taken aback a by... Was it Margot Robbie's performance in it? And she's, like, fully committed as Harley Quinn, and I loved her character here more than um, Suicide Squad, the original Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, on top of that, like, I actually like a lot of, like, the side characters um, who uh, turn into, like, the Birds of Prey. And, yeah, you said, like, the core fight choreography is, is, is really good. Like, it is really good. Like, there's a lot of, like, cool fight scenes and, like, a lot of, like, cool, like, cinematography angles um, they play around with. Um, and I also like Aaron McGregor's, uh, Black, Black Mask, um, yeah. and yeah, it is sad, like, what happens to him, um, near the end, but he was, like, so very, like, gay, and, like, yeah. just, like, doing, like, a lot of, like, crazy, like, queer-coded stuff that I was, I was just like, yeah, he's, he's having a blast. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. And I think that's why, like, I have it, like, higher than you guys is because, like... I, I am the highest like, out of all you guys. I have it five. Uh, okay yeah okay yeah yeah um a little bit higher because like it was the last movie i watched um before like i think lockdown started and like i saw the movie with i think one of my friends and like we don't talk to each other anymore but like that was like a really like good mo like moment uh with us together but yeah like i i like it uh a little bit more than um quentin but i i think this is also like a really like an underrated DC movie or DCU movie. Like I think people should like go back and revisit it. It's it's definitely like one of those like uh movies that like actually paid attention to like material and like made it like more like fun and yeah. had its own spin on it. For sure. I love the costumes in this movie. Um I also love that Harley gets her hyenas in this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that she got her hyenas. And then we don't ever see him again. <laughs> That's right, <how> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that... Uh, but I, my negative thing is kind of how they portray Cassandra Kane as this, like, pickpocket thief when she eventually becomes Batgirl. And then kind of... Maybe I'm wrong. You could definitely slam me for this, but I felt like it's a little anti-man at times and, like, kind of... But I could be sounding like an incel right now, but that's what I remember. And I could be very wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. <laughs> so. I just remember Victor Z, uh, Z, uh, Zazz, or. Victor Zazz, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of very uh, gay, also. Oh, he's very gay. For sure. Yeah. Like, they're, they're definitely boyfriends. Like, oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I remember, I think. This is rated R, so, like, watching, like, I think this movie was really cool because, like, the scenes of, like, uh, 
Victor like skinning like his victims. Was, uh, uh, yeah, it was like nasty, but I was just like, yeah, like this is like some comedy. <laughs> right and then yeah. uh, the one that sticks out is when uh, Harley Quinn like breaks the guy's leg at the at the, at the club. That one sticks yeah. out. Yeah, 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 and her her like her journey like as just, uh, someone who ha- who's uh, her own like person. After the Joker just like gives up on her, like I, I actually like that like whole like arc. Mm-hmm. So Jack was saying that if you don't like the movie, maybe give it a rewatch uh, and give it a second chance. Uh, I, I'll throw out the other end of the spectrum. I'd say if you did like this movie the first time you watched it, maybe you don't rewatch it. You know, because uh, I had this at number four going into this list, and I rewatched a bunch of the last two weeks. And so I rewatched this one because I was like, you know, what, is this just as good as I remember? And I think it's not nearly as good as I first remembered watching it back in 2020. I thought the movie was fantastic uh, when I first watched the movie, but I, uh, I I just don't love. And we kind of touched up on this in Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn and the version that they have in these movies. I think Margot Robbie's version of Harley Quinn. I think she's a great actress, obviously, but I think. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't like her performance. I don't like her character. I think it, every joke she makes is idiotic and like, it's like, uh, I like my sandwich. What? Whoa, whoa it, it, my sandwich is gone. I'm, I'm big sad. Like, 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 oh, I'm so goofy. I, 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 I say poop. I don't know. Like, she's like so, she drives me nuts. I, I hate this character. Uh, yeah. And so her the main character in this movie was like very frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, that, you brought that up. It, that reminded me of one of the problems I had with it was that it tried to be Deadpool. Yes. It was. It tried yeah. to be Deadpool and it kind of works but also doesn't because it just doesn't feel like Harley's character in in that way. Like, Harley's kind of being this goofy thing and she is goofy but she's not that goofy and like that um, aware of her being in a story. So it just like it tried to be the the girl version of, of Deadpool and it doesn't work, which I'm pretty sure there is one out there. I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure there is a girl version of Deadpool and it's probably better than that. Yeah, but on the flip side, I uh, I think the first two thirds of this movie are really not good on a rewatch. I, I just, it's the Harley Quinn show and I just can't stand this character and like the jokes are like, it's a radar movie, but the jokes seem to be geared towards, like, kids, right? Like, oh, ha, Harley Quinn's so goofy. Uh, you know, she's, what a silly girl. Like, it, it, it's a radar movie that's, like, not, feels like it's geared towards a younger audience when she talks. But, on the flip side, and the reason why I have it at nine, is I think the last third is fantastic. When, like, the Birds oh. of Prey is finally formed, right? And now it's not the Harley Quinn show, it's the Birds of Prey show, and she's just with the group. When they have that carnival sequence, it's fantastic. Everything about the carnival sequence is great. Like when the five all oh, meet okay. up in that room and they're all yeah. interacting. Like the dialogue in that room is fantastic. Like them like ribbing each other and like cracking jokes. Like that feels like just a group of people that hate each other but have to work together. Like that feels pretty natural. And then just them kicking ass. The just the production design, the editing in that sequence feels way better and more. It flows better, in my opinion, than like yes. you were saying the Deadpooly aspect of the first two thirds. I think the ending is fantastic. I think it's a very fun conclusion, one of the best action sequences of the franchise. So I, I do like moments of this film. There's just stuff that uh, drive me nuts. Yeah, no, the action's great. I have no complaints about the action. It's just like I'm sad that Black Mask 
die because mm-hmm. he's such a great character. Yeah. yeah, I was I was pretty sad about that. I was just like, man, you should have like used him for like another was like, it? Uh, yeah, street movie. level superhero movie. He would have yeah. been fun. I'm guessing because you and McGregor has contract obligations. He's like, I don't want to be in any more movies. I just want to have a one and done. Get Hell the payday yeah. and get out of there. I respect that. Yeah, get the check and dip. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we can move on to number eight here, and it is the third and last film that was released by DCU this year. We have The Flash. So yeah. I have this. I'm the one that kind of drag this one down. I have it at twelve, and you two are pretty close. Michael has this at seven, and Jack has this at eight. All right. Um, who wants to start? Because. I, well, here, I'll get the bat out of the way, and then you guys can praise it. That okay. way we can get the poo-poo out of the way, you know? And then we can, right. kind of, we can hype yeah. it up. Yeah, like, right. I just don't like this movie, you know? Like, this movie is everything I don't <laughs> like in superhero films. Uh, and the main thing is, you know, similar to Birds of Prey, I guess, it's the lead character. I can't stand Ezra Miller. And, and there's two of them, you know? Like, it's not like there's one bad oh. character. There's two bad characters. Because I find Ezra Miller's version of The Flash insufferable it's like oh it's an angsty teen and they're a little quirky and they're a little nutty you know they're not a they're not a typical teenager they're the flash and they're a little angsty and i just i i don't like it i think the cgi obviously looks horrendous and unlike birds of prey uh the final action sequence is the worst part of the movie so it's not like it's got something good at the end it's like a desert with Batman and, and Supergirl trying to like lift up this absolute dumpster fire of a film, and we're like, oh hey, it's Batman and Supergirl, and Supergirl's good. I, I don't really think Keaton worked at all in this movie. I thought the Batman that Keaton plays works so well in the Batman movies that he's in because of the style and the writing of those movies, and in the modern blockbuster in the Flash, he just does not fit. Uh, because that character belongs in more of like a, you know, uh, fuck, what's the director's name? Um, Tim Burton. Yes, he fits Uh, in the Burton aesthetic and the Burton style, and it just, it does not work at all, in my opinion, in this movie, so I I thought that that was just a waste of a great character, and I thought Supergirl was good. She was probably the only slither of a good part of this movie. I thought she had some good moments, but that's few and far in between. Like, this movie's just not good. It's not like painful but like i would never seek this out again for for, for me personally but you, you guys were higher on it like what, what was it about the flash that you guys liked okay um so here's the thing i totally understand like the criticisms of this movie and how shit like the cgi is because yeah oh, it is the shit the, sh- the cgi is it's it's terrible it's awful especially if like the opening like first uh was it action sequence where yeah the Flash has to save a hospital that was blown up, and he has to save all these babies who were flying like, ah! down, <laughs> down like the was it like the, the the building, and he has to like catch him up, and you just see him put a baby in the fucking microwave, <laughs> which it would not make logical sense because if the baby is in the microwave, then the baby would be cooked. Like what? Like. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i have that like image of the flash putting the the baby in the in the toaster or like in the microwave as like the the letterbox custom poster so 
That's like <laughs> the best like image of like the movie. Just that, mm-hmm. and then just also the onslaught of cameos that happens near the end of the movie, where it basically turns into uh, select your character uh, side scrolling like, <laughs> yeah. montage of <laughs> all these like poorly like PS2 ass graphics like fucking like <laughs> roster full of superheroes that are like in these other universes and it just it feels like a like a commercial for a DC like fighting game that right. you can't like pick up like the controller because it's just a cinematic it's like an awful cinematic um, <laughs> that you're just looking at but aside from like the CGI controversial um take i actually like ezra miller in this movie yeah and i think it's probably because of like his arc um it's not perfect but i can feel like what's going on with like the whole idea of like the flash trying to like bring back his mother and like ruining the entire like time like it's it's obviously like a staple in like flash uh like story of just like the Flash trying to like save people, but like he keeps messing up the time. But here, I was just like, okay, it has that emotional weight. I can like take that. And even more with like the positives of the movie, I can also take Michael Keaton as like Batman. Like that's like he's he's good in it. He doesn't have much to do, and he is totally like all over the place. But it makes sense because like he's pl- basically plucked into another universe that has, like, a different tone, and, like, I get that, and same with, like, Supergirl, like, she wasn't needed, but she was nice, and it was, she, she had a good present, but yeah, the rest of the movie, um, it teeters between, like, it's okay, uh, or, oh, this is pretty fun, like, some, him hanging out with, like, Batman, um, Supergirl, and trying to, like, connect with them, trying to, like, be, uh, fix the timeline, but then you get to the third act, and then it just completely like turns into like a shit show. Um, but like I have it higher because I think Ezra Miller's like committed performance, and I think really like stuck with. It. And it's really funny just just to see the actual Ezra Miller do the crimes in this movie, um, in real life. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get the bad out of the way. So I'm going to pile on it with you and, and Quentin. Um, I think the CGI is terrible. Like, especially when he has a floating head. Like, why is there a kind <laughs> of floating head in superhero movies? We need to stop that. Um, where he's, like, peering into, like, I can't remember. Like, he's basically going back in time and he just peers through it and it's just his floating head. Like, why? That's terrible. The way he runs, I mean, is tolerable in, like, the Justice League movies. And that's it. Like, that's the only time it's tolerable is when he's running. But this is just awful. It's just the worst in its form. And the way it's shot is garbage. Um, And then the third act, when it's all those things, it's just absolutely egregious in both quality. It's quality in the way it's used. Like... George Reeves, the guy who plays Superman in the 50s or the black and white show, he could not escape that role. So he, like, commits suicide, and then they use his likeness? 
That is right, absolutely yeah. despicable, and it's gross. And it also they used Nicolas Cage's likeness without his permission. They did some other things. Also, like they had they made man canon with the way how badly uh, they rendered Adam West. Adam West is Batman, so man is canon. Same thing with uh, Christopher Reeves. Is that kind of feels disrespectful. Um, it's just bad. That bad. Um, but that out of the way, the movie's strongest part, I think, is its emotional core. I was affected by it greatly. I cried a lot of times, actually. The, the best scene in the movie is when he says goodbye to his mom. Oh, I yeah. was in tears. It's yeah, so it's good. good. It's so good. Um, and, um, oh, I, 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 Miller's acting is great there. I think they're acting when they, when they are, when Barry finally blows up, blows up against itself and they finally talk. I think that's a, well, decently good, good, it's written good. I liked it. I liked it and it had an emotional thing and I liked how they were interacting with each other and I liked their dynamic, but, um, Outside of the emotional core in that one scene, and then outside of Supergirl, I actually didn't like Michael Keaton in this. <laughs> I didn't like him. I liked his introduction where he like jumps Ezra Miller. That's great, <laughs> but that's uh, a good scene. Yeah, it's a good scene. But it's and like I like how he explains the multiverse. But it just feels like he's there for a paycheck. <laughs> oh, you liked the spaghetti scene? I like the spaghetti scene. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it made me want spaghetti. So. That's true. Uh, uh, also. Another thing that it that does wrong, Michael Shannon is literally just he doesn't care. And if you make yeah. Michael Shannon not care, that's bad. He yeah, usually right. tries. So he tries. It's and literally, yeah, it's like literally a sin. Yes, another cardinal. <laughs> not a cardinal, but it's a sin. Yeah, like Michael Shannon. Like <laughs> we didn't talk about him, but he's he's literally just there. He's just like, oh, I'm Zod again, and he just does his odd thing, and that's it. This is that thing, and not as good as Man of Steel. I okay, so I did like the ending of the movie. The ending of the movie was just like so funny, and just like all right, they did not care. No. <laughs> and you can tell, and you can tell, like they tried to do reshoots and tried to like make it oh, like her. a good ending, but they were just like, all right, screw it, let's just like let's just like ruin the whole entire thing and like make it like end on a, like a really funny ass note. And it's funny just like seeing like George Clooney like pop up and be like, "Oh, well, you're in the wrong universe. You just like plucked another Batman, and it's me. It's it's George Clooney." <laughs> they drop the f bomb. Is that the, the only f bomb that they drop? I can't remember. Like, what, Barry? What are no, you doing? It ends with like Barry smiling and like he he lost a tooth. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like that image of him losing a tooth is just like that's like great ending to like the universe it's just like yeah that's yeah, how we that's how we feel oh, oh terrible terrible but yeah i was the strength for me is the most for sure i think those are legitimately great that's legitimately great stuff all right well speaking of emotional cord we have at number seven most emotional film of them all because uh the hierarchy of power has changed guys we have black adam 
So, uh, so I have this at seven. Michael has this at nine, and Jack has this at ten. Okay. I mean, let me start off as saying that, like, I personally like the meme of Black Adam, yeah. not the movie itself. Hell yeah! Because the memes out of these, this movie was just, oh, it was it was hilarious. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, The Rock, like, he's a really great marketer, but like when he was marketing this movie, you can tell, like, he was, like, so desperate. Uh And, I mean, at first it makes sense because, like, this was his baby. He was trying to, like, make this movie, like, I think for, like, a decade. And he kept on, like, switching, like, directors, and, like, it was was starting to happen, and then it it stopped happening, and it started happening again. And eventually they um, got uh, the director of, like, some other, like, what was it uh Liam Neeson movies and Orphan, um just generic like studio films, and on top of that like you have uh Dwayne Johnson just like doing like the press rounds just like hamming up, being like crazy and being like oh this this is gonna like change the hierarchy of the DC universe, like and just the whole thing of like him going like India versus Pakistan just like India, I don't know. <laughs> India versus Pakistan. Like out of context, um, <laughs> and just and then just the whole meme of like Pierce uh, Bronson's character going Black Adam, <laughs> like I, that's just like all, all the stuff that I remember. Like the memes, the movie itself is just it's forgettable, and it's also just so two thousands coded. Like it's yes. a movie that like feels like it's like coming like straight out of like the two thousands. Like if this movie was like made like in the 2000s like i think people either would have like messed with it or it would have been just like um forgettable but like watching it i was just like yeah this kind of like reminds me of like uh those movies from like the 2000s like blade and um daredevil uh just like the the grimy like aesthetic um and just i don't know like the weird like generic uh like filter that it's, it's going through and then just like on top of that like the rock is just playing himself again it's not like yeah it's not like he's there's no like this uh like way to like explain that he's like black adam he's just wayne the rock johnson and he's powerful that's it that's basically it the negatives of this movie is uh they wasted um his name well yeah they wasted a lot of people like hawkman like that well that was the first like character yeah, that was the first character I was just like, man, you wasted him because like when he he first shows up in the movie, you're you're pumped and excited and he's like, "Oh, like you can't do that. Like you can't like kill people." But then he just keeps on doing that over and over and over again. He gets gets his ass whooped like a lot. And it's just like, <laughs> "Man, like this is Hawkman. Like he he can fly and like whoop people's ass. Like what are you doing?" And and on top of that, like you also have Adam Smasher, who's um, wasted also as well. Like his introduction is like pretty cool, but like after that, his his character just gets like one sided. Like pretty much everybody else gets like one sided. It's just basically like The Rock, and his like showy like superhero performance, and it's just like another movie where you're just like, yeah, this is just The Rock doing the same thing over again. Um, but that, that's just me. Um, it's forgettable, and 
like I said, if this movie came out in like two thousands, I think people would like, rock with it. But like now, nowadays, it's just like Dwayne the Rock with it. Dwayne the Rock with it, yeah. You get the rock what what's cooking or rock is cooking. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah honestly uh i feel like uh you know i have this way higher than you uh, jack but i feel like we're on the exact same page i i like this movie for the memes you know this movie is pretty cool all right i uh i like the filters i like this movie is basically what i imagine a 12 year old would think is really cool right like man we're so edgy we're so badass it's the rock you know we got some slow motion we got some music playing as like he's using all of his powers and beating up bad guys it's like real edgy and cool if i was like 10 right like i would find this movie so fucking cool if this came out in the 2000s when i was like that perfect age for it like man i would have Dwayne the rocked with it like it would have been so fucking cool so you know this movie is not good but i uh I fucked with it, you know? I thought Kyle was like, you know, if I was young, I'd get it. And I can appreciate uh, how campy and goofy it is. I can't quite tell if that's what they were going for. I don't know if The Rock is in on the joke. Uh, I hope he is. And honestly, if he's not, it might be even funnier that they think this is... If they think this is cool, then it'd be way funnier if that's the case. I can't tell if they're intentionally leading into how, like, over-the-top edgy and cool they think they are with making such a mediocre movie um but either way i think the aesthetic is pretty damn entertaining uh, anything with the rock is at least somewhat enjoyable for me so that's where i'm at with it yeah i am i mentioned this this is kind of like the dumb fun yes movie um it has like um i think the action's cool but it tries to be like a Zack Snyder movie with how much slow-mo's in there, and I think it doesn't really work out. Um, I think Black Adam's introduction is cool. Like how he's, not introduction, but how he's like resurrected. I think that's yeah. cool. <clears throat> Where he just like destroys everybody. And then um, I, like, I really like Pierce Brosnan as uh, Dr. Fate. Uh, but yeah, mainly the memes... Like the the marketing and uh, the fake tweet about the queen dying. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, it's so sad that the queen died. Go see Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like the the floating like flying meme. Where oh, the He's flying just... rock meme. I love that. I was gonna mention that. Yeah, one too. I have. Um, I also have like this weird one where. This uh, guy made like a like a promo uh, for Black Adam to go see it in, in Regal theaters, and it's just like this weird shit post of just like a lot of like the Rock like memes, like the the weird like uh, eyebrow he does. And just, yeah. I don't know, it's weird, like like stuff like that. Like the the meme like culture of like that movie was like the best part. The movie itself is it's fine, and I also have to like remember like the the setup was pretty cool, like. The way like they set up like the whole geopolitics of like the the, the movie where it was yeah. like the Middle East and like the U.S. like having like a like a DMZ zone um uh full of like people who can't like go in and out of the area and there's just like stuff happening in between that and then Black Adam just gets resurrected from from the dead and he tries to like save the people like that's that's like a really good like aspect of like that movie that I well, really like. I would say it, its attempt is 
it attempts to do something about that, to say something about that, but then it just doesn't really stick with it. Like, it yeah. doesn't stick with it. Now, I think that would have been really interesting to talk about the CIA and the and the U.S.'s involvement in other countries when it doesn't, when it shouldn't have. I think that's an interesting thing to talk about, especially in a superhero movie. But, like, they just completely forget about it. And also, the villain is so forgettable. Like, he's yeah. a devil. Like, I didn't remember all the villains for these movies. I didn't think about it until I'm like, what, there are some more problems I have with Black Adam. Oh, right. There's also one time in the, the thing where, like, the kid is making this speech, but it's so mild-mannered. Like, it's supposed to be this rousing speech, but he's like, the way he delivered, the kid delivers it, it's just like, y'all are getting pumped up at this? Like, this makes you yeah, want to know. Undead, yeah. like this gives you a second, a second, second win. Like, right. Really? Like I was expecting uh, a moment where they just go Allah Akbar and just like, <laughs> just like <laughs> takes over, takes like destroys the entire like CIA uh, operation. Yeah. Like it needed that. Um, and the kid was annoying. Like I hated the kid. Oh, yeah, I mean there were some funny moments where like Black Adam was like killing people and then. He, like, tries to do a catchphrase, and then he completely messes up. I think that was funny. I think the when the added matcher is kind of funny. But, um, yeah, no, it's just dumb fun. It's just nothing more than that. It tries to be cool. It's kind of cool. But it's just, like, it happened. Black Adam happened. Yeah, and I'm glad it flopped so now The Rock could be like, oh, well, I guess I have to do a serious role. I gotta actually prove myself as an actor yeah this movie made him so depressed he's now going with a24 so you know one good thing happened from this at least yeah he's he's doing the south yeah he's with the southies next movie right yeah he's doing like a wrestling movie yeah oh yeah yeah which is based on a true story and i hear people say it's a story worth telling as a film well speaking based on a true story that uh brings us straight into number six here uh because we have the true story of aquaman Oh. Which uh, which all three oh. of us have at number six. Very cool. That's cool. Well, we finally agreed um, on one, guys. We could wrap it up. Yeah, We're done. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. We're on the same page. Um, I so I actually like this movie a lot. Yeah. I think it's probably because it's really fun and it stays true to like the aesthetics, the Saturday morning morning cartoon aesthetic. Here, uh, Jason Momoa is like having a blast. Like he's just like not giving a fuck about like anything. He's just doing his own thing, and he's playing himself. But like, he, he's really committed. And you can say the same thing with uh, everybody else in this, like Patrick Wilson, Nicole Kidman, um, Yaya. Um, even though he gets a, like less uh, time here, um, and even Amber Heard is, is fine here. Um, from what I remember, remember, um, and and Willem Dafoe also, like yeah, Willem Dafoe was really good. Um, but yeah, like I I had a blast with this, and I I remember uh, rewatching this I think before Zack Snyder's Justice came out, and I still had a blast like watching. But yeah, like I I don't really have anything else uh like to add about the movie. <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's just a fun movie. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like how Jack said it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's so colorful, 
and it's just consistently fun throughout. Um, everyone, yeah, everyone's having a blast. Uh, I love Patrick Wilson's Ocean Master. He's a great villain. I love the final fight. I really, I just had a really good time. I saw this while I was in lockdown on vacation. So I had a really good time. I saw my parents. It was really, I had a really good time. I like the world of Atlantis. The action scenes, I said, are dynamic, fun. And James Wan really cooked with the action scenes. And then I loved how James Wan incorporated some horror in there with the trench. The trench is scary. And yeah, no, it's just really fun. Like, you can't say much more about that. Uh, I, I think people wanted just something really fun, a really fun superhero movie in 2018, and that's why it made, like, a billion dollars. So people just got something really fun, and they go, well, we'll to see it. Yeah. I think it kind of just speaks for itself, the fact that it's at number six, and we all put it at number six. Like, it's just right in the middle. You know, it just exists. It's it's a good time. I, I don't hate this movie. I don't really got anything negative to say, uh, but there's also nothing that outstanding in my opinion like it's just there it's just it's a superhero movie that you watch and you had a, you have a good time with which honestly like i said about justice league that's the goal right like it, it doesn't do anything outside of the box but at the end of the movie you go you know what that was a good time you know i uh i watched a pretty decent superhero movie i can't complain and that's kind of just the vibe you get with this movie uh like you guys both said i thought jason momoa was easily the best part of the film so as a whole i had fun and I'm really, that's all the movie's asking for. So, it's fine. I liked it. Oh, I do have one negative thing. The kid, the younger version of Arthur in Aquaman, the kid, he's terrible. Who's like, training with Willem Dafoe. He's so bad. He is one of the worst <laughs> deliveries I've ever heard in a superhero movie or just a movie in general. He's so I want bad. to be Aquaman. <laughs> I want to be Aquaman. <laughs> I want to be Aquaman. <laughs> and he's like, He's like, uh, I'm probably sure Jack's joking, but he's like, they executed her? Because of me? Like, <laughs> what? And Will, I'm pretty sure Will on the phone tried not to laugh. It was so bad. It was so terrible. The kid's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I also disagree with you, Quentin. I think Patrick Wilson is the best part of it. I don't remember liking him when I watched the movie. I only saw it once. But when I watched Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the one thing I took away from that was I went, maybe I should rewatch the first one because Magic Wilson's pretty decent, right? Like, I, I thought he was actually, like, pretty entertaining. So I, I'm sure he was. I don't remember him much in this movie. I, In my opinion, I remember everybody being pretty mediocre except for Jason Momoa. So I probably should eventually give this movie another chance uh, just to see his performance, because I, I kind of forgot how good he was, if he was good at all. But uh, yeah, the, the only thing I remember was Momoa, but I'm, I'm sure he was good, because he was the one thing I thought was kind of fun about Lost Kingdom, and that movie just wasn't fun at all. So I'm, I'm sure he is good. Oh, oh yeah, I also got to praise uh, Yaya abdul -Bain. I like his little story that he goes on. I feel he's like he's more fleshed out. I think Jack mentioned, I feel like he's more fleshed out yeah. in this movie. And I like his uh, just constant being a constant hater. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he's like the biggest hater like in this franchise. Oh, for sure. I, I think for so. Sure. He's just like, yeah, and he's like committed to like, yeah, I'm going to kill your whole family. Like, everything's going to die. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Aquaman's really fun time. So speaking of a fun time, we have at number five, Shazam. 
Jack has this movie at number four. I have it at five, and Michael has it at eight. Um, I think this is like I think my most rewatched DCU EU movie, according to my like my letterbox. I've seen it like three times, and I think it's probably because like like I said, like with Aquaman, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. This is like just like a Saturday morning cartoon, but like it actually also felt like a comic book story, like brought to life in my opinion like if i if i saw this like when i was like really young like i would like love it oh um, yeah. yeah um and i think zachary levi here he he's there's like a lot of balance uh with his character and it's he he feels like billy batson like inside and like outside i don't know how to explain it but like it, it felt better here like the 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 duality between um billy batson like outside as a kid uh, compared to Billy Batson inside of Shazam, and Mark Strong as like the villain, like he's he's really good, like he's really like menacing, like I really like Mark Strong, and Digimon Hansu is also like really good. But um, aside from that, like I I really just like the the whole Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic for this film, and. It was just like when this movie came out, like it had like a like a fresh breath of like air in terms of like how far we've gotten into like the DCE because it was just like each movie was like getting like our asses beat like every time. So like when this movie came out, it was just like, all right, finally, we can kind of like breathe a little bit and like have a little fun. Um, but yeah. I agree. I think Shazam is definitely a fun time. Uh, and obviously my issues with Shazam 2 aren't as apparent in this one. Uh, I feel like, uh, as we said, uh, you know, Zachary Levy, uh, Levy or Levi, he likes to play, you know, an uh, eight-year-old. You know, he plays like a, oh, I'm a goofy baby, uh, which is less noticeable in this movie when Billy Baxton's like a 10-year-old in this one, right? Like, you know, he's more of a kid. He still acts more childish than the kid in this movie uh, i rewatched this one and i did notice i was like oh he still acts way more childish than the kid is but it's definitely not nearly as noticeable like it's, it's not even that big of an issue i also find the villain uh, i find his premise interesting I, I find him being controlled by the seven sins and him blaming the wizard for not picking him and how no one's perfect like you have these expectations of children and you ruined our lives by looking down yeah. on us just like how his dad looked down on him like that stuff is interesting i also just find the seven deadly sins to be so gross like they're just gray weird gooey monsters that like have no personality or distinction between one another like if i paused the movie and i looked at the seven of them and i could not tell you which one was envy or which one was pride like i i don't know you know, like should you not be able to tell like should they not have some kind of distinctive personalities between all of them like gluttony i guess is obviously the fat one but aside from that like they just all look gray and brown and gross i feel like if they had more fun with this they could have made it just more exciting right i feel like they could have made the villain way more interesting looking i feel like they could have made the sins more intimidating and more exciting by just giving them actual like we all know the sins like give them actual motivation rather than we're evil and we all think the same I, like i just feel like all of that with the villain was a miss and so i feel like they kind of just made it very generic but 
the reason why I have this movie at five is because Shazam and the other crippled kid, whatever that kid's name is, I feel like their relationship and them learning the powers together and them bonding together, you know, this these this group of orphan misfits, I do feel like that's handled really well. The themes of family is actually really nice. I feel like it handles it way better than the themes of family in Shazam 2, where, like, you know, Shazam's, like, groveling over the fact that, like, they're not hanging out with him anymore. Like, that's way less exciting to me than this movie. I feel like they capture the kind of the family vibes that you want, especially because this is quote-unquote a Christmas superhero movie. I feel like it actually handles it really well. So for the most part... I think Shazam's still pretty cute. I, I have a lot of issues with it, as I already said, but for the most part, I think it's fun. Right, yeah, and I, I definitely agree with, uh, I think, Mark uh, Strong's character um, in terms of, like, the Seven Deadly Sins. I think it, it would have been, like, fleshed out a little bit better. But, like, at the same time, like, I felt, like, his performance, and it was, like, very, like, uh, like comic booky kind of, like, snively kind of uh type of uh deal and i i like freddy um as the, the the crippled kid um he's easily like always like the best part of like both um and like the the like the camaraderie with uh billy batson but yeah like I, I i get it i think i like this like way more than you because i think it it really like plays uh deep into just uh the saturday morning cartoon aesthetics and then on top of that just like feel, feeling like a comic book um, straight like out of like the pages. I totally agree. I really like how much of a like you know coming of age movie it is with Billy Batson's story and how he finds family with his foster family. I think that's really sweet. I think Billy Batson discovering these powers and how to use them is so much fun. Um. I'm not really hot on it because it's just like, oh, I just had a good time with it. It's all right. You know, but a lot of people loved it. And it's just consistently fun. Not as much fun as like Aquaman to me, but it's just sweet. I think the the scene that really sticks out is when he, Billy Batson, like goes to see his mom for the first time. And how heartbreaking that scene is um, where she doesn't really accept him. And tells him to kind of like buzz off, not like literally, but you know, I think that sticks out. And I like Zachary Levi's kind of like montage of him discovering his powers. I also like how self-aware, like, of the superpower thing in it. Like, it's like you might have this power, you might have this power. Let's go see if you have it. Yeah, I was going to talk about the the mom scene. That was like pretty heartbreaking. That's like the best part. Of the- so moving on to number four, uh, Shazam was going on and on about how he wants to see Superman. Well, we're going to talk about him. We got Man of Steel. Me and Michael both have this at four, and Jack has this at five. So we're all still pretty much oh. on the same page here. Yeah. So as an introduction to Man of Steel, I think it's... Oh, not Man of Steel. Introduction to the DCU, I think it's a strong start. I remember binging Zack Snyder's filmography. Uh, so as a rewatch, this is probably my most rewatched movie of the DCEU. I loved this movie when I first watched it, and I still love it now. Um, but it's so different from Zack Snyder's other movies. Maybe other than Dawn of the Dead, it's so different because there's, in place of the 
slow motion, there's like zooms, which is interesting. Um, it still has his action, but it's m completely different when it comes to these other movies. It's different. I really like Henry Cavill's version of uh, Superman. I think um, uh, who plays Kent Clark. Uh, Kevin Costner. I really like Kevin Costner. Russell Crowe's great. Michael Shannon is the best villain in the DCEU. Best villain. I love his portrayal of that. I think the action's amazing. I love the CGI. Uh, and Hans Zimmer's score is probably the best. He, arguably the best score in any superhero movie if you don't count Joker. Joker's got an excellent score or The Dark Knight. He, it's definitely up there. One excellent superhero score and one of my favorite uh, superhero movie scenes where he where spurts flight where uh, Superman's learning how to fly is such an excellent scene. Um, excellent, excellent scene. Um, yeah, I don't have many problems with it except for like the trolley problem that the movie has and some things it does where Superman kind of jumps out of the way and instead of saving people in the destruction of Metropolis. But um, I think it's great. I think it's genuinely great. Yeah. I like this movie. I, I, I like it visually. I think it's one of the better looking films of the franchise. I agree with you. I think the score is one of the better scores of this franchise. I think, once again, I agree with you. Michael Shannon is probably one of the the best villain of this franchise. Uh, but my, my issue with this movie is, I think as a whole, it's good. But all of its big moments, I think, are really bad. And when the big moments are bad... I just can't love this movie. Like, like, I don't think this movie's great, but I, uh, you know, for, for, for the most part, I like it. But I don't like the whole his dad tells him to not save him thing with the, when, when, like, with the twister. Mm -hmm. And, like, I heard about it. I didn't remember watching it in the theater. I, I don't remember that scene. Maybe I fell asleep really early in the movie because it's, 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 it's on, like, it's, you know, it's in the first half of the film, I think. But. When I was watching it this time, I didn't realize how bad it was. Like, obviously, I heard of the meme of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's really stupid. I can't wait to watch this when I check this movie out. But, like, it's it's way stupider than I remember, like, or way stupider than I realized when the father goes to save the dog, and Superman's like, oh, I, here, I'll go get the dog. And the dad's like, no, 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 I got it. Like, no, 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 this is my job. And so the dad goes out there, and then the dad gets caught, and then Superman's like, oh, I'll come save you. He's like, no, 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 I will die. And, like, honestly, I think the father just has, like, a superiority complex. Like, I think he's really envious that his son is just, like, far superior than him in every way because he's an alien. And so he's like, no, 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 I'm going to die like a man. Don't you dare fucking save me. Like, don't, you know, I will not let my son save me. You know, like, I, I'm very high on my own fucking bridge here. I'd, I'm going to die. Son, don't fucking save me. Don't you fucking dare. And, like, why why, why doesn't he let the son get the dog? And, like, he can pretend he's still human and get out of it. Like, he could play it up, you know? But, no, I guess, whatever. That's ridiculous. I also think the whole him murdering Zod is kind of bullshit. Like, are you kill, like, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, I looked at those civilians, right? Like, like I saw those civilians. They could have avoided it. They could have walked around the rubble. Like, it's not like it wasn't a wall. It was just some rubble on the floor, and they're like, oh, well, we can't walk around it. I guess we're just going to stand here and get destroyed by Zod. I don't know. They could have walked around it, all right? Like, 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 why don't they just, like, CGI a wall or something? I, I just don't know why they decided to make it so obvious that they could move around it to fit the story. Like, just a lot of the big moments look really, really bad 
in hindsight now, at least from my perspective. Um, but, you know, as a whole, uh, it's good. Also, Russell Crowe, similar to, I guess, in like a lesser extent of what happened with Chris Pine in the Wonder Woman movie. I feel like his death is cheapened when they had him come back in like flashbacks and like in like memory videos or whatever, like eight times throughout the movie. Like he's dead. Like let's just leave him dead. All right. Like I love Russell Crowe as much as the next guy, but like his sacrifice in the beginning of the movie feels kind of pointless when he can communicate with his son throughout the entire movie. I, I like stuff like that kind of drives me nuts, but you know, that's honestly me nitpicking as a whole. I think it's a gorgeous looking movie. I agree with you guys that uh, this is probably the best. Well, okay, not best because this is the only Superman I've actually seen in film. I haven't seen any superhero movies. I'm going to watch all the Superman movies when Superman Legacy comes out. So that's going to be my binge for that. But I haven't seen any of them besides this. But this is a good version of Superman. I think Henry Cavill is very good. The father talking to uh, Superman, that is an actual thing that the part of Superman's like Thor, like oh is it yeah oh okay. well you know the more you know i didn't know that so like <laughs> is, is this something that happens in the other superman movies because i i i've i haven't seen them I, i'm not prepared for that yeah that's a part of superman oh my gosh Thor. okay well maybe i just got a beef with the writers of the original comics because well, i think that's a... dumb but you know if it's with the lore then i won't nip i'll be a little softer on this you know oh no it's a it's a retcon that marlon brando did in the first movie he's like i don't like what this is i'm gonna do something different and that's what it became so it's marlon brando's fault blame him okay i'll blame him then because yeah that's that's a horrible call man is still i i really like it it still holds up um it still has its problems um i think general zod is like I think top three best uh, DCEU uh, villain um, in the whole series. Like, he's very menacing, and um, I think he's, like, the best, like, acted, like, villain. And then just on top of that, like, the seeing um, Krypton being destroyed again, like, I thought that was, like, really cool. And just, I don't know, like, the whole setup of, like, Superman in, in the real world and our world is uh, really interesting. I think Zack Snyder... Um, did a really good job just like setting up Superman in in that world, um, only to be kind of completely ruined uh, near the end of the third act, where it just turns to like a Dragon Ball Z uh, <laughs> uh, beat him up, beat him up. Uh, uh, was it ending where yeah. he destroys the entire half of Metropolis and he gets the girl at the end? Yeah, really funny. It's just like <laughs> we did it, we saved the city. No, you just completely like killed like half of like a population of like a, a city no like, you didn't save the city bro. it's literally the spongebob meme like we saved the city and it's like the completely destroyed bikini bottom with people like running in the background screaming right it's like if godzilla like saved like the entire city but like he just he did it. do that though he did do that in 2014 yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> um, um but yeah like it still holds up. I think it's one of Zack Snyder's better movies, and certainly one of the better movies in DCU. I I have a problem with the execution of uh, the one scene that Quentin was complaining about. I think the idea was to be like a trolley problem. The idea is the trolley problem, like kill the last member of Zod who's a murderer, or let the civilians die. Like that was that was the trolley problem. It was 
but it was just poorly executed, you know? I agree. No, I agree. I, I like the idea of the trolley problem, especially for Superman. I just thought, I don't know, there's a way better way to make that. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, what if it was, like, Sod was calling, like, there was a, the, the, like, there was part of a building where the, uh, was crumbling on top of him, and he was, like, lasering the, like, pillars, and if Superman didn't stop it in time, those people were actually gonna die. Like, it would have been, like, completely his fault, like, his willing willingness to enact while, and they legitimately couldn't move, or they would die. Like, something like there's crumb, like, they, Zack Snyder could have directed that scene a lot better, and I think it would have been a lot more impactful. Um, but, yeah. 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 So we can move on to number three here. Uh, what's interesting about this top three is all three of us have all three of these in our top three. So we all agree this is the top three, but also all three of us have each one as our number one. So we all disagree on what's the best. We all picked one of the three. So, you know, we, uh, kind of fun how we all kind of really are uplifting one each in a way. So here we are at number three. We have mine, my favorite of the DCEU. That is Wonder Woman. I have this at one, and both Jack and Michael have this at three. I mean, since it's your number one, why don't you start it off, Quentin? Yeah. Yeah, this one was a surprise number one for me, because I remember liking it when I first watched it. I believe I had it lower than Birds of Prey uh, before my rewatches of all of these. Uh, so that's how different my opinions changed on both of them. I thought that, I remember this one being fun. Uh, but I remember, like, the last third action sequence being absolute garbage, and it still is. But uh, on this rewatch, this is just easily the most rewatchable DCU movie for me. Like, this one just feels like a genuinely fun movie. I think the fish-out-of-water story with Wonder Woman entering the real world, uh, I think that's fantastic. I thought her loving, like, her romantic relationship with chris pine's character i thought that was just a genuinely great build-up i thought the photo that they had in batman v superman having such a strong connection to the rest of the movie was a great call i thought gal gadot i can't believe i'm about to say this because i i really you know poo poo her in quite a few of her films but i thought she was absolutely fantastic i think this is arguably one of the best performances of the entire dceu i thought her character as wonder woman was incredible and so i just thought as a whole it's a great war movie. It's a great movie about morality. The story being that she was trying to stop Ares from, you know, killing everybody. And the twist, obviously, was that he doesn't really need to do much. He just needs to, you know, leave something on a table and humanity will take it and run with it. And he doesn't need to put his finger on the scale humanity is already putting the finger on the scale and they will kill themselves we, we are destined to do terrible things we are horrible people and wonder woman accepts that and despite the fact that they're horrible people she still wants to protect them she still sees the value in them and wants to do the right thing and that's the sign of a great hero this is something that like superman should have probably leaned more towards in my opinion this is something that superheroes don't really focus on enough is accepting how horrible humanity is but that doesn't matter. You got to do the right thing. And I thought just the arc of Wonder Woman, I thought everything about it was great. Obviously, the final action sequence is garbage, but I did go back and check and it's like less than 15 minutes. So I will I will forgive it. It's not as long as I remember. And literally, aside from that, it's amazing. Like I mentioned in Wonder Woman 1984, the sacrifice Chris Pine has for his character, he sacrifices himself and he actually dies. And sure, they bring him back in a horrendous way. 
but I will pretend that doesn't exist because I like the idea of an actual sacrifice. Most of these movies, uh, nobody dies. You know, like, uh, unless you're a bad guy, uh, you're, you're not going to die. But I thought that him sacrificing himself to kill uh, Ares here with Wonder Woman was a great call. I thought that gave stakes to this. That gave a really strong moment for Wonder Woman and the relationship that they're building towards. I thought it was the most emotional film of the franchise. Did I cry? No. But at the end of the movie, I was very happy. I like it's the only movie that like I walked away and I actually got like emotional. I got like super happy. I like almost felt like humanity was, you know, we're gonna do okay. I just watched Wonder Woman and I feel like we're not as fucked as I normally do. And you know, I had a little I had a little hint of optimism. And that's because the movie was a good movie. So I I, I actually think it's very cute. Okay. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you because I watching uh was it wonder woman when it came out like when i got out of that movie i was just like yeah this is like the best like dceu movie i've seen so far and i think it's mostly because of uh gal gadot's performance in it she's fr- quite frankly like the best like part of the movie and on top of that it's like her best performance to date like uh she's not going to top anything um, no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she peaked <laughs> um yeah she peaked here and Chris Pine is also really great, but their their chemistry in this is is very like immaculate, and it was very like one of those like experiences you watch it and you're just like man like this is like great like chemistry. Too bad it gets like fucked up in the in the second movie. And then just like on top of that, like the whole story arc of like how Wonder Woman became like who she is, and then her uh, having like her story like coming back and forth between like the present day and the past pretty cool and yeah like you like you said like the 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 last 15 minutes with like the the cgi fight it's it's terrible but that's just like only like the small part of the movie the rest of the movie is like pretty good yeah like i i haven't seen this movie in quite a while but i do remember like some of like the big moments in the movie and those like big moments like the war scene uh the world war one scene was really great and just like uh, Wonder Woman trying to just uh, fit in with uh, modern society or the past society um, uh, was pretty like funny and like she had like a lot of heart to it. But yeah, like it's 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 really good and it's it's obviously one of the better like DCU movies. But uh, yeah, I think that's like what I have to say about it. Yeah, you guys said a lot of it. Like Quentin said a lot of what I wanted to say. I think. Uh, like, it's, it's obvious, everyone agrees is in agreement that it's Gal Gadot's best performance. It is. It's her best performance. Like, I remember people were saying she was in, like, people were in conversation, she was getting, like, Oscar talk or, like, awards. Like, people were talking about that. Like, people were excited for what Gal Gadot could bring to the world of, of the cinema. And, like, people were like, oh, she has high awards. Pro-. Like, th- this is what she's going to do. Oh, my gosh. She's going to, she's going to be great. Like, we were so wrong about her. We were, we were not. But, um, <laughs> I, like the first two thirds, top tier superhero. It's like becomes like a superhero film. It's it's fun. It's probably my favorite fish out of water storyline in any movie. It's Gadot's Gal Gadot's great. I love Chris Pine. Um, my favorite delivery in the whole movie is probably well, that's neat <laughs> when he's uh, when he's uh, when he hears when Gal Gadot's talking about Themyscira. I love that. Patty Jenkins made the call of all of them to give them accents similar to to, to Gal Gadot. 
because e you could have easily not done that, but they all have accents, and I love that. I think, and I don't think we're all in agreement that the last third, when I rewatched that, that's why it was originally, I had a 9 out of 10 or 4.5 stars, and then I rewatched it, and I'm like, okay, that third act's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, definitely and the, not. And the main reason is because they had this really great opportunity to make, like, it could have been, like, no superhero villain could have been in there. It could that's, have just been, like, exactly. man, that would have been a wonder, I mean, I would have been disappointed because I wanted to see Ares. Or like a superhero villain and Wonder Woman fight a superhero villain. But the fact that there is there would have been none would have been a really powerful statement and a bold statement for a superhero movie to make. And I think that would have been a, it would have been one of the best films of the year. I think um it would have been one of the best superhero movies of all time. And it's still very good. Also the scene where she jumps over the, the trench and she has the shield blocking the shield like using the shield to to block uh, the machine gun fire is peak. Probably one of the best superhero movies scenes in a superhero movie. It's so powerful and it's a really great scene. But yeah, I think they had a missed opportunity with Ares being in there. And also, David Thewlis as Ares? I love David Thewlis, but like well, I get they were trying to do a twist villain and I think it's probably the best twist villain that if we're going under, like, even though it's not Disney, it's better than any twist villain that Disney's done. But it's just like, really? Yeah. Phyllis is the god of war? Yeah, I would not call yeah. that a good twist villain. <laughs> it wasn't good. Yeah, really. It yeah. was just like, alright. Yeah, I'm with you entirely, though, Michael. Yeah, I'm with you, though, that it would have been such an incredible ending if the twist was that there is no eras. Like, this is just how humanity is. It would have just been a better version of what we already got, which was good. Like I said, I, I think the theme that they were going for was great, but it would have been amplified if Eris was literally never involved. And then just the final action sequences, them just stopping that plane, like, that's still just as good, if not way better. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That would have been a better call. But, you and know, I, I, I like what we got. Yeah, and I think that that sacrifice, well, the sacrifice is still emotionally impactful. I think it would have been even more impactful that they're seeing this, that there is a redeeming side, and that Chris Bryant is still willing to, or Trevor was still willing to sacrifice himself because he wanted that uh, that light to be shown in the in the darkness, or for him to be a light in the darkness that is war. So I think yeah. that would have been a really great. All right, so we can move on to number two here, and we have The Suicide Squad, which I have at number three. Michael has it at number two, and this is Jack's number one. Yes, sir. Um, so, obviously, I think I'm biased because I like James Gunn. Like, his aesthetics, like, really, like, uh, help me guide through, like a like, a story. So, like, watching this, I'm just like, yeah, this is basically uh, Guards of the Galaxy, but, like, now, like, he has a full reign of um, other characters he can, like, play around with, and on top of that, it's rated R, and it's, it's I don't know, like, it's just, it's just so much fun. Like, I think this is uh, the Suicide Squad that we deserved um, before uh, the, the first one, but, y y you know, um, we talked about uh, the original Suicide Squad uh, earlier and how bad it is. Yeah, like this one is—it's so much fun. Like I, I love all the characters. I love 
Margot Robbie is like um Harley Quinn. Like she's she's way more like energetic and fun here. Idris Elba is like really like hamming it up and like doing his own thing. John Cena as Peacemaker. Um, I like his arc here. Um, and it really like sets up like his arc um straight to like the television show that's like on HBO Max now, which I actually I actually really like. It's a really good like spinoff uh, TV show. And then just on top of that, like Joel Kinnaman's um flag, like his his character has like more to do and he has a lot more like stuff to do in it. His arc is like way better. And I also like Viola Davis as uh, Amanda Waller. Like I think the, her here over here, she's like the best like here. Um, especially uh, near the end where she gets um, humiliated by like uh, a bunch of like her uh, workmates, and just like everybody else. Also, uh, Polka Dot Man, um, Polka Dot Man by uh, David. Uh, that's that small chin. That, that's how you pronounce it. He, he, no, I love him in, in this uh, role because he's just like a guy who's like suicidal and he just wants to like kill himself, but like also he wants to be like. The, the the superhero that his mom wanted him to be, and his like his his his, his story is just like very like tragic and also like hilarious, and just like the whole aesthetic is really cool and it's very gory and like violent and just like not cheesy but like it it has a lot of um heart to it and I think James Gunn really like set the stage for um what he's going to do with uh just the entire uh, reboot of the universe which uh hopefully uh works out pretty well but yeah like this is this is just like a peak comic book movie I, probably one of the last like comic movie movies where i'm just like yeah like i i really like this yeah uh so good uh the, we we didn't even touch on uh king shark sylvester Stallone's yeah. King shark yeah. i know people like criticize like it's just group no it's not it's not great. Yeah, it's not. He's different. He's far more vicious in in like he will rip you apart. Like Groot is like he's he's like brutal, but he's not like King Shark brutal. Like he and Groot won't turn on his teammate. King Shark will. <laughs> like right, he's yeah. A completely different character, and Sylvester Stallone does a wonderful job. I was so sad when when King Shark like thought he had friends and they just wanted to eat him. That's so sad. Um, yeah. Also, a star-making debut, like, breakout role for Danielle Melkire. Her scene's so good where she, like, oh, when she, like, uh, saves everybody. Oh, it's so good. Oh, she's so good. I love her. She's so charming. This probably has the best action scene that Harley Quinn, I don't know, we're thinking about Birds of Prey, but, like, that are great action scenes there. But it's like, this is probably Harley Quinn's best action scene. She's never been so cool and, like, uh, adept at hand-to-hand combat. It's great. She's great here. I love Rick Flag and the fight between Peacekeeper and Rick Flag is so well shot and choreographed. And then you have this emotional, like, you both don't want either to die, even though you kind of want Peacekeeper to die because he's kind of a villain. And yeah. that mean, but like it's just you feel the weight of you're affected by Rick Flagg's death, who's this kind of boring character in the first one, random military guy, and then you care about him in this one, and that's credit to uh, Joel Kinnaman's performance. And then you you top it off with a really great line that's kind of sad, where it's uh, that Rick Flagg goes, "Peacekeeper," 
what a joke that he dies. So it's so good. It, um, and then it just it really sets up to what kind of movie. The opening's really great, uh, where it sets up what kind of movie it's going to be. Um, yeah, that's what I want to say. I bet Quentin has more to say about. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll jump in right yeah. in because I, I feel like agree with exactly what you just said with the opening. I think the opening is amazing. It is probably the best sequence that DCU has had ever. Like, I just think that entire first, what is it, 15, maybe even 20 minutes is fantastic. It's everything you want Suicide Squad to be. It's super fun. It's super entertaining. It's super gory. It's incredible. And, and then the rest of the movie happens. And the rest of the movie does not live up to that hype at all for me. I think it starts incredibly strong, but there's still great moments to see throughout the rest of the movie, mostly being Peacekeeper. I think the Peacekeeper stuff is really funny. The fact that he will do everything to keep peace, he will murder any child or woman to do it, that's fucking hilarious. That is an incredibly flawed hero that I think fits the Suicide Squad incredibly well. He he honestly carries the movie for me. The rest of the movie is is very fun. I, I think it's a very fun time. I, I obviously have issues with Harley Quinn. I just think her character does not fit this movie at all. I feel like Gunn was kind of forced to have this character. I don't know if he was or not, but it felt like it because she's the only character that does not feel like she belongs in a Gunn movie because the rest of the Gunn characters are very gunny. You know, they all got that kind of quip, that style, that like, you know, King Shark, he acts a little like Groot. Uh, and then, like, I feel like half the characters are basically Rocket Raccoon. Like, like a lot of these characters are kind of like Guardian characters, but they got an edge to them, you know? They're, they're like Guardians, but right. rated R. And that's fun. That's kind of what I want from a gun movie, and that's what I got. And Harley Quinn feels like she's still Harley Quinn. She's still the girl from Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, where she's, like, cracking really dumb jokes. Her storyline in the middle of the movie kind of feels like you're at like a screeching halt and kind of got to wait for them to fit her into the rest of the movie. And honestly, I feel like if they just had her die in the first 20 minutes, then we wouldn't have to worry about that storyline in the middle of the movie, and the movie would just be on an easy pace for the rest of the time, just having a blast. But, you know, there, there's some hiccups along the road, but as a whole, I, I, I don't recall you guys, either of you guys mentioning my favorite action sequence, which is the two of peacekeeper and uh what's idris elba's character's name uh bloodshot 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 and oh, blood uh or, or blood sport okay yeah that makes as soon as i said yeah. like, i think it was blood sport yes blood sport and peacekeeper the two of them like taking turns like trying to get like the coolest kill in that like <laughs> yes! area in the middle it's yeah. easily the best sequence of the entire movie it's so funny and then, and then like the gut punch at the end of they were all the good guys hilarious like it, that's oh, easily so the best sequence of the movie it's so funny and like i don't know every kill gets like ramped up and they're like rolling their eyes like okay well that that's kind of cool i guess you know <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> genuinely hilarious it's 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 the best part of the movie so this film has some incredible highlights it is a very fun time yeah i agree harley quinn that's my one of my flaws is the harley quinn storyline kind of brings the movie to a screeching halt i mean it's fun it just like brings it to a screeching halt <laughs> yeah it's just not as fun it's still fun but yeah i agree it's just yeah. not as much fun as the rest of the movie so it's noticeable but at the same time i'm like really deep into harley quinn so i'm just like fuck it like yeah, yeah. Let's, let's all for sure um i'll also mention like the opening like of the original like suicide squad like how they get killed off like that was really cool 
um because it, it threw me off guard because like the marketing um had um pete davidson what was it uh jai courtney like coming back well not coming back well jai courtney coming back and they were like being heavily promoted and then they just kicked killed off in the first five minutes it's just like wow like they did that and Pete Davidson gets killed in a really brutal way. Like his face. Well, yeah, off. he's he's the first one to the the to um not follow orders, and he gets killed off. And I was laughing. It was just like you really got Pete Davidson for like five minutes. Like that's funny. And then uh, what's his name? Michael Rooker dies in a pretty brutal way. Yeah, uh, Captain Boomerang <laughs> is brutally murdered. It's just like oh, so this is yeah, yeah, this is definitely rated R, and also anybody can die. Okay. <laughs> Like exactly, um, they only did that once. Um, in the was it uh, the original Suicide Squad movie, the the guy who just like runs up the walls and he gets like electrocuted. Yeah, they're like, yep, uh, anybody can die, yeah. but that's a nobody, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that that was it. I was just like, oh, I, I don't know who that guy is, but he just died, anyways. <laughs> anyways, well, this is like, oh, they're heavily promoted. They're gonna be in it a lot, and then like basically everyone in the opening scene, almost everybody in the opening scene die like that's great i also want to point out the one scene that kind of sticks out when i'm thinking about is when uh they're all out partying and they're having a great time at the bar and then king shark's kind of just hanging out alone in the the car and that was pretty sad but also i think this is probably taika's best role is where he's playing rat catcher number one and he's talking to his daughter and it's surprisingly emotional where he's like if rats have a purpose so can if something like is use i can't remember something is useless rats have a purpose then so do we all it's such a great line and daika daika delivers it really well this movie's so good it's so good and also uh starro starro is taken seriously in this movie even though he's a goofy character but he's like threatening yeah. him. you care about him when he has that one line at the end where i only wanted to fly through the stars or visit the stars. I can't remember. It's a sad, it's a great sad line. But like, Starro is taking like a serious villain and he's a great villain. Even though he's a silly character. Alright, so with that, I think we can all deduce what our favorite film from the DCEU is and that is not the Justice League, that is the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Zack and I, or sorry, Jack and I Jack and I both have this at number two, and Michael has this at number one. So there we have it. What are you guys' thoughts yeah. on the Justice League? So this is like, I think this is Zack Snyder's best movie. Um, some will say Dawn of the Dead. Um, I think this is Zack Snyder's best movie, without a doubt. I feel like it's a culmination of his work. I feel like it's the culmination. It's the best things that the DCU has to offer. I love how hopeful it is. I think it's a great end to the trilogy that Snyder set up with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, where they're all like, where Man of Steel is dark and realistic, and gritty, while and then Batman v Superman gets even darker. This one is just like this light at the end of the tunnel. There's so much hope and faith in that things will go right and being the change you want to be. And also, I feel like it's relevant to what Zack Snyder was going through. Um, I feel I f- could feel the grief that he had with it, with the tragedy of his daughter and the 
things going on there and it's just seeing all this come together and what this was supposed to be is awe-inspiring it's an epic odyssey of of superhero movies and it's very much like somebody compared to the samurai seven i don't think it's going to be as good as, as good as that but it's just this epic film that i think snyder wants to make it's Zack snyder's bread and butter he loves to make epics and this is his best um dark side is a really intimidating villain even though he's on it for like a little bit um they improve upon the forgettable villain of steppenwolf where they make him a really intimidating guy i love the um r-rated that it's taking on even though it's kind of just like kind of a little forced um everything that is in the original justice league is improved upon or is um is taken had that before but it just feels like a better movie and it's obviously the best in my opinion the best that the dcu has to offer um i love the scene where superman comes back in the black suit it's just so awesome um and then i think uh, the one where Barry saves the universe is one of my favorite scenes from that year. It's such an incredible scene. And the score is excellent. Uh, yeah, I just cannot praise enough about it. Uh, maybe that it's a little long. That's my only issue with it. Um, I also don't like the the three scenes at the end. It was I mean, I feel like it's just more like a teaser of what if the snap of what the Snyderverse could have been teaser, but it's just like I it's I think this is truly great. Yeah, so I agree with most of what Michael's saying. I start I paid attention a lot to like the engagement of uh, the movie and like how it was like being created um, from like the bottom up uh, in terms of Zack Snyder coming back. And just like recutting everything, and then taking all the stuff that he shot, and like making it into like a a palatable film, film, uh, a sprawling epic. Um, and and just on top of that, like when I I watched it, um, I think it was like five or six hours before I had to take a test uh, for college. Um, I was really like, really really stressed out. Um, I needed something to like watch to kind of like um calm me down. And I watched this whole thing and. It, it not only like it calmed me down but I, like i was intrigued and like very attentive to like what snyder was doing like throughout the entire movie um in terms of just like the way he um puts all these characters in like these situations and just like the whole like arcs of like all these characters um it felt like very fully like fledged out and all these i felt like more weight um with all these characters in this cut um into and and um compared to like the original cut and just compared to like any of the other like dc like movies um that came before it like i like uh michael said before like henry cavill like as i think when he comes out of like the black suit is like pretty fucking dope um ezra miller like he's really great in this um i i love like the 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 um the scene he gets near the end ray fisher like the thing is, is, like, I felt, like, really bad for him, like, in terms of, like, as an actor, um, being, like, beholden by, or, like, um, being, like, stripped back, um, with, like, the original cut of the film, and then, like, him, like, going on Twitter and, like, kind of, like, feeling, like, sad, like, how, like, he was, like, uh, like, cut back from it, 
Um, I don't know what happened behind the scenes in terms of like the the racism al- allegations and just like the stuff that's like happening behind like the DCEU. Um, that's like another discussion to be had. But um, as far as like Ray Fisher in like the Snyder Cut, like he's he he's the heart of the movie in my opinion. Like I really felt like his character throughout the, the entire uh, cut, and just everybody else is great. Um, Dark Side, even though like his his uh was it, art gets like repetitive uh throughout the movie you still kind of like feel like what what dark side's going to do um and what he uh going to do like the the entire uh justice league but yeah like this is easily i think i i wouldn't say this is like snyder's like best movie i still think um i think it's like a three-way tie between like dawn of the dead 300 or like watchmen like i'm a defender of watchmen like Watch especially the, I love yeah, especially the, the the director's cut of it. You like not the the expansive like director cut with like the animated sequences, but like the actual director cut. I really like like that. And like three hundred's really great. And Dawn of the Dead, I think, is his most like I think self realized project still. And I'll I'll defend also Army of the Dead, but that's like a discussion. But yeah, yeah like. Uh, I I think his his cut of uh, Justice League is his original cut, or I should say, is it's really great, and it, it's definitely like worth the hype. I just want to say I just want to highlight something from Ray Fisher. I love his line where he's finally becoming his own, like the end of his art, or basically like where he like comes finally confident in himself and who he is, and. Uh, it's such one of the more optimistic and hopeful moments is where our heartfelt moments is the uh, moment where he turns on his uh, his dad and his mom and that where he like basically finally like takes a stand and stands not standing for himself or just something like that is where he says like uh, I'm not broken and I'm not alone is such a great line in turn and that you feel and it's such a uh, heartfelt um emotional line i i love it and i i really like ray fisher in in the movie yeah i think this is a pretty solid superhero movie this is actually like well it's literally the jackson story as justice league which i did go on the record to say is the most boring film ever uh so obviously i think without being you know without needing to be said i i think this movie is a boring story (laughs) like i still you know uh you know you, uh, you know, my boy Zack Snyder, he put makeup on a pig, you know, like, uh, this movie is significantly better, uh, but, like, the only issue with this movie is that it's still, like, uh, oh, we gotta stop, like, some, you know, uh, ugly-looking guy from, like, taking the stones and making, uh, you know, the bad guy stronger, and, ah, we gotta go to different places, and it's still, like, a very, you know, pretty not-great story. However... On the flip side of that, this film makes up for it by being visually stunning. This is the best-looking DCU movie ever. Uh, it's really not even close. Like, this film is gorgeous. Like, this is a good-looking movie, which I don't say often in regards to modern-day blockbusters. Like, this is in- incredible-looking. It's more emotional. Like, the issue with the original movie is you don't know any of the six. They threw this together without having any build-up to anybody, except for maybe Superman, and I guess you could argue Batman. I wouldn't even argue Wonder Woman, because 
we didn't have Wonder Woman until after the original Justice League. So this movie is built off of like two movies prior. It's really just like, you know, they're like taping together like little sticks and they're trying to make a little house with it. It's like, it's built off of nothing. There's no foundation. And so this movie with the four hours is able to build an emotional response to a lot of the characters. Most, uh, you know, obviously the main one that this builds up to is Cyborg. Is that Ray Fisher's character you guys were talking about? That's, that's yeah, the actor, yeah. right? Yeah. A cyborg is the best character in this movie. He is the beating heart of this film, and I hated him in the original. Like the original, he is just a nothing burger. He is so bland. There's no persona- personality to him. Like I know nothing about this guy. He is just an absolute nothing. And then in this movie, they built up his story so well, and everything seems to be hinged on his arc and who he is and why he's here. It's it's really beautiful. It's actually like incredible how much different a story can be once you give a fuck (laughs) like it's the exact same story as justice league that we have in number 14 here except this film is significantly better because we actually care there's actually there's actual stakes and there's an emotional depth to a lot of these people and i still have you know issues with the flash's character he is still horrendous the flash is just not a fun character um and i once again don't think the story is great but this film fixes so many of the problems i just wish there was a better story snyder was working on like a better villain and just like a better purpose for why everyone's here but at the end of the day this movie actually feels like a movie and the four hours actually kind of fly by it does not feel like it's four hours like if you told me it was two and a half hours after the movie was done i'd be like yeah that sounds about right like it really flies by because you're invested in everybody. This film feels shorter than Justice League, and it's twice its length. So I I, I think this movie is great to put at number one. Uh, I think it's a great number one pick, Michael. But yeah, this is this is a great superhero film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just... Yeah, no, I don't have much more to say. I think... Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't have much more to say. I think... Uh, yeah, I like how Guru gets sometimes. But, yeah, I think one of the coolest parts is when Superman comes back and, like, destroys Steppenwolf. That's great. Yeah, I like the, the Flash, uh, like, breaking the, yeah. the timeline. Well, not the timeline, but just, like, the that, that sequence. That that's, yeah. that's, like, the best, like, I think scene Snyder has, like, directed. Compared to, I think, Watchmen, like, the opening of Watchmen. Um, but that, and I think I also, I, I don't really like, like, the post, or credits, or, like, the post, like, epilogue of uh, just, like, what if uh, Schneider continued, like, his universe? Uh, yeah, I don't like What that, would yeah. happen in, yeah, like, especially, like, Jared Leto's Joker, like, reappearing, and them just going, hamming it up. Yeah, I hate Jared Leto. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 awful. He's basically David Ayer's worst creation, um, and I say that because he's literally just playing a trollo character from like Training Day. I I do like uh the the part where they reveal Martian Manhunter, but I was just like, damn, if if um Snyder continued like this like uh universe, it, it would have been like awesome to have Martian Manhunter and. And like the Green Lantern, Green Lantern stuff, but eh, uh, that's that's just it's sad, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, 
overall, like like you said, like with everybody, I I think this is it's it's peak uh, superhero. I could totally understand people like being turned off with like the runtime or just like the the whole like just arc of all these characters. But honestly, like it's one of those movies like it took me by surprise when I watched it again. Like I'll probably never watch it ever again because it's so long. Yeah. And on top of that, like if I watch it again, like I think like that high that I had before, it's probably gonna be like forgotten. I've seen it twice, so. Uh... You gotta be. It's one of those movies you gotta like set set a time. Like you gotta do that for right. right. You can't do it in, in like one sitting, unless no. you're a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League is still the second longest movie I've ever seen. So you know it's 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 up there. It's it's a long one. Wait, what's the longest movie you've seen? This is the longest movie I've seen. Uh, Hamlet. Oh right. Oh. I I think this is the longest movie I've seen. I think so. Yeah, Hamlet's longer by like two minutes. So. And I think A- Avatar Two is the second longest one. No, um, an elephant um standing still. I think it's my second one. And uh, how many of those hours was the elephant standing still? Um, it's a metaphor. First off. Uh, th- and- wait, are, hold on. Are you tell me there's not a single elephant. No. no. I, I, oh, that's it. I, oh, I was I was about to watch it this weekend, <laughs> but I'm out. Sorry. No, there is no artsy uh, footage of an elephant standing still. Sorry, an elephant sitting still. That's oh, I'm sorry. About, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on to discuss all things DCEU. Are you guys excited for uh, James Gunn's, you know, reimagination of the uh, DCU coming out in uh, about a year and a half? Yeah, like I'm ex- I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So before you guys go, is there uh you know, wh- where can the listeners follow you? Are you guys working on any projects? Anything uh coming out soon? Okay, so I'll take the initiative. Um I have a YouTube channel and I've been working on it for like a little bit. I've just been making a bunch of just like random like uh movie reviews uh for the past couple months, just uh stuff that I watched uh, over the uh, the film festival season. Um, I my YouTube channel is uh, Swerve Master. That's S W E R V E M A S T E R eighteen. I'm currently working on my uh, best films of uh, 2023. I dropped my worst films of 2023 um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can check that out. Yeah. Were any of the uh, DCU movies on that list? <laughs> no. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. I, I actually don't have any like uh, superhero movies on there. Which is surprising, because uh, I think last year was the pretty much the death of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm doing that. I also have my letterboxed. Um, it's the same. Uh, well, not the same actually. Sorry, <laughs> it's Swag Healy, or you can just find my name, Jack Uffer, um, at um, Letterboxed. And just on top of that, I'm just making videos, watching movies, reviewing them. Just having fun, you know? Yeah, so I have a Twitter. You can follow me there. I do a lot of, like, film reactions and talk about film. You can follow me on Twitter or X. Please, it's Twitter to me. Um, at MJ Cox uh, 111 You can follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, Michael Cox. I'm pretty sure I'm MJ Cox there as well. MJC0111. 
I have my own podcast, which both Quinn and Jack and on. It is Michael's Office. You can listen to me there while I either talk to just by myself or being on guests like both Quinn and Jack. That's Michael's Office. So I hope to see you guys there. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We will definitely, you know, uh, have you guys on for some other crazy arbitrary list uh, later on this year, maybe. But uh, hopefully you guys both have a fantastic 2024. Yep. You too.